0: I came across a video on the early days of the internet that had me so shook I had to turn off the computer. In 1997, there was a supposed leaked video footage of an alien interrogation. It has since been claimed as debunked. But just a few weeks ago, I was actually asked to be on a program to help interview a man who has been doing investigative journalism on this film. Jon Stewart comes with a compelling argument to be made that this video is not debunked, but actually the real authentic thing. When I heard this information, I knew I needed to talk to Jon Stewart myself in person. Today, Jon Stewart joins us here in studio to share all the information he's uncovered during his investigation. For some, this information might be shocking. But for others, this information might be confirmation. All right, today we have a special in studio guest here. We have John Stewart. How are you, sir? Not that John Stewart, the other John Stewart.
1: I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me down here in Knoxville. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. How many times do you get that? Like, people, when, when you say your name and stuff, especially if they don't see the face, they're like, wait, the John Stewart from TV or what?
1: Right. Well, it's faded from the internet a little bit, but I was the number one news story for like two days. This was back, I think, in 2008 when a charter school in Ogden, Utah, Contacted me to be the host of their gala event. Now I kept t- emailing back. Are you sure you have the right John Stewart? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and a reporter from a California newspaper said, "I don't think you have the right John Stewart." And he broke this story on on a slow news day. And my phone started ringing at four thirty in the morning from people from New York going, "You need to turn on the TV." Why? A 9/11 attack? No, you're all over the news on every channel it's about the John Stewart, this school, high school. I'm like, I, and now I didn't know. I'm like, what? They're like, they thought it was the other John Stewart. I'm like, I told these people that I'm not. the I turned on the TV. It was Fox, CNN, uh, Good Morning America. Um, I, 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 I was on Inside Edition. I must have done 30, 40 interviews in, a, in two days. It got to the point where my I, you could not hang up the phone at my house, that it would be ringing from someone. That's and amazing. by the second day, um, and I'm was i I'm the only, I'm the third, pro wrestlers love to uh, pull themselves out and put it themselves on the mountaintop. But I'm only one of three pro wrestlers in history that was on the splash cover page of AOL I know that's an old, um, for that whole debacle, but I, it was the second day and I picked up the phone. I'm like, hello, this is B, this is a, uh, channel one of Manitoba, Canada. Can we tell am like, and I'm like, that's it. It was just, so it was a crazy, so yes, I, I have gotten, uh, you know, but I use it sometimes too, you know, I remember my wife and I were in St. Louis and she called Ruth Chris Steakhouse. We are totally packed. She's like, well, I'm calling for Jon Stewart. Is there any way? He's like, oh Yes. See you at six o'clock. So I show up in the host. The, it was a tall gentleman. This is downtown St. Louis. I say, he's like, your name? I said, John Stewart. And he kind of, like surreptitiously slump, like, Oh, this isn't. <laughs> and they put me in a back room with a St. Louis Rams football player. Cause the team was in St. Louis back then. And, but the people were very nice to me. So, you know, I've used it to some degree in yes. my benefit, but yes, I've, I've, uh it's 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 done me well. Yeah. And My mom wanted me, named me J O N. She wanted me to be different, so she got all her money's worth. Oh
0: yeah, you have me considering changing my name. <laughs> like I, I, I need to change it to like Dwayne Johnson. Right. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. So, and I can understand in the sense that like. Uh, you're like, are you sure you have the right John Stewart? Because it makes sense that they're contacting you. That okay, yeah, I get contacted about things because it's not like you're John St- Stewart that drives tractor trailer, you know, every day. Like you, exactly. professional wrestler, you ran for Congress. Ex- exactly. So you, you do have a, a resume, right? And so you're just like, okay, you know. <laughs> and, and the
1: principal of that school called me. He's like, John, you know, uh, the teacher that booked you. She has ADD. I'm like, I have ADD too. So I really feel bad for her because wow. this is, this is, this is me. I I, I didn't tell you this, but i booked the hotel in nashville not knoxville two days ago oh. and i'm looking yesterday i'm like this is in you know i saw ville oh yeah you know yeah. instead of saying knoxville you know i'm infam- infamously in my pro wrestling days there was a tv taping in rochester minnesota uh, the next day was minneapolis a civic center i'm in minneapolis the day before pulling up to the arena and the security guards looking around. He goes, yes, like I'm here for the wrestling event. He goes, where they? Where do the wrestlers park? And he's like, well, when there's wrestling, they park over there, but he goes, but there ain't no wrestling here until tomorrow. So I call the box office in, in Mayo civic center in Rochester and Greg Ganya from the day. gets on the phone. He goes, you, Freaking idiot! It's Rochester, Minneapolis, not Minneapolis, Rochester. He goes. This has oh. never happened. I have. I've been promoting with my dad for thirty years. This has never happened. He goes. How stupid can you be? And you know. So we are I'm driving down, and when you see me on the match on ESPN, my hair is like Zorba the Greek. You know that from the nineteen sixties. Anthony Quinn. My hair is all over the place. From I had a convertible at the time and stuff. So
0: unbelievable. And this
1: is great that you know I'm, I'm breaking the biggest story in human history. That but but. <laughs> God uses, we you know, yeah. the most unlikely messengers sometimes yeah. to to uh, to break some some uh, you know un, the most unlikely stories. So. Yeah,
0: and it's, what's interesting is that you know, all right, so you're here, obviously, you know, you, we're a paranormal show, and you you what you're doing is you are breaking one of the biggest stories in human history, uh, and we're going right. to get into that the right. the alien video footage. Right, um, but it's interesting how like. You, you ever meet somebody that you're just like, dude, what haven't you done? You know, like like for instance, Joe Rogan. Right. He's He's been around the MMA do, doing announcing since like the beginning. Right. He's one of the most famous comedians in the world. He was one of the most, uh, he was mo- one of the best, uh, I think it was uh, Taekwondo or, no, it wasn't Taekwondo. I forget what it, what it was, but martial arts. Like he was one of the best in the world. And now he's the best podcast in the world. It's like, dude, everything you do you do well, you know, yeah. and and that's how I feel about you doing stuff because like running for Congress, uh, governor, professional wrestler, now breaking one of the most uh, yeah. you know amazing video footages ever.
1: Yeah, you know, I um they thought I had I'm I'm, I'm getting deeply personal right now, that's but fine. this sets up my life. I they thought I had cancer at my freshman year at Memphis State. Wow, you know, I'm talking about hi, Mr. Stewart, you we need you need to come back for another blood test and X-rays. That this wasn't well, something's wrong. This was like follow-up, you're in trouble. Mm. And, uh, you know, 19 years old, I had a friend in high school whose brother died of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I very rarely talk about this story, and I'm not doing this for a dramatic effect or anything. But it, um, uh, when I was cleared that I didn't have cancer, I just had inflammation of my lymph nodes, um, <clears throat> I still think I had cancer because I had every single aspect of the disease from my groin hurting when I drank alcohol to night sweats and whatever. So when I was cleared of not having cancer, you know, there's a silver lining in anything. I realized that life is very short and can be even shorter. And um, so I have been, and my, I was raised by... My parents were always happy when I was growing up, thank God. Mm. And I, I was raised by a wonderful woman. My dad worked so much on being a car dealer. I was raised by just a wonderfully optimistic and jo- joyful woman. And I just i just know how precious life is. And I'm not saying that to you know, for dramatic effect. I just do. I just know that it can be taken away. Look at the industry I was in. 70 people that I've traveled with, cried with, laughed with, wrestled, made money with. You know, uh, shared hotel rooms are dead. Mm -hmm. You know, so I understand the brevity of life, and I understand um, that uh, life is that precious. So, you know, I, 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 although in my opinion, I was not successful at a lot of things. I did try a lot to do a lot of things, just because life to me was like a smorgasbord. And I, and um, I, I just want to, at the end of my time on this earth, say, I tried. I did stuff. I I tasted life. I experienced as much as I could. I I got up off the couch when a lot of people uh, sat on the couch. I I stood up for what was wrong. Uh, sometimes uh, in my life, the, the, at the right times, and and I enjoyed every every process of my life. I I was condemned in my early years, and I, I could you could ask some of these the wrestlers back. Ask Jerry Lawler. I was condemned and not liked in my first year of pro wrestling down in the Memphis territory mm. because why does he smile so much? What's he so happy for? <laughs> you know, you know, so, um, that's just my personality, you know, that, that's that just, uh, I just realized that the every, every day is a gift and I don't mean that to be cliche. And I was, I wasn't, I was fortunate to, uh, to have that experience of thinking you have a terminal cancer and you didn't.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting how like things set us off on life and And people see that stuff from childhood. A bad childhood can yep. set you on a trajectory that you yep. never were meant to be on. you right. know i mean it, i I think about this a lot. like there's so much untapped potential in this world for people who never had the dream birthed inside of them you know they 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 never taught how to dream about life. they were scared, they thought that they weren't able to do things they looked at they look at the world as uh because we have a very uh centric view of ourselves. We are the main character in our story. And when you start feeling like the main character in your story is the the loser, the underdog, the the one that fades away and never wins, yeah. um, that sets you up for the rest of your life. and it's, it, and the, the crazy thing is, the only way it, to get out of that is for the main character to start literally believing that they can push that bubble and make it pop. It, it's, it's, um and I, I kind of was there myself, you know, years ago um but i i'm I'm really like living proof of that i mean i I've I made a decision that I'm not going to be that, and I'm going to change the narrative of this character and I've changed the path and everybody can do that, but I think that they don't realize it's almost like you're li- like they like whether they believe it or not it's like they act like they live in a matrix and everything's been preset for them absolutely and it's just like it, you can make it whatever you want
1: right you know my my I was very fortunate um uh My one from from high school says, God, John Stewart's parents must have bad, you know, incredibly patient people, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but no one ever told me no or I couldn't do it. Not a football coach, not a baseball coach, not my religion teacher in high school. Who, when I told him it was my dream to be a pro, every, I mean, everyone in the Northwest side of Chicago knew Jon Stewart wanted to be a pro wrestler. I mean, it was just, <laughs> I was a great football player and I wanted to be a pro wrestler and 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 did it six months out of high school. I mean, six months out of high school, I was on TV with a character for Jerry Lawler while still at Memphis State College wrestling, walking around campus the following Monday, you know, wrestling at the Coliseum. Um... I'm not saying that to impress anybody, but to impress upon, especially nowadays with Google, the internet, you yeah. there's no excuse for anything anymore. You can be anyone you want to be. You can do anything you want to be. If you're an accountant, but your dream is to be a race car driver, okay, maybe that's, not gonna happen cuz you don't have 30 million dollars to invest in race car driving mm-hmm. but you're an accountant maybe you could go be a bookkeeper for a NASCAR team mm-hmm. and now you're around it you're immersed in it i'm, I'm just using that as an example yeah. um you know go to google how do i be an astronaut how do i be a pro wrestler how do i this and that and i credit not only other ufo experts but i credit the internet for helping me on this This alien investigation, I don't think, and I'm looking you in the eye, you know, and I'm, I I speak about my emotions and and I try and be as honest about my experience is honest, meaning emotionally honest. I I don't know if I could have pulled this off and done this investigation as successful as it went, if it wasn't for the internet of simply being able to look at somebody's, uh, uh, get their phone records, find out where they live, you know, write them a card. Knock on their door, which I've done. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm part stalker. You know, I, I, I'm, uh, Robert Bigelow's, line, right? Robert Bigelow's uh, <laughs> assistant, Doctor. Tom Kelleher. I'm surprised he hasn't called the Las Vegas police. Like this guy won't stop emailing <laughs> us. You need a, um, but that's my tenacity. But I, I couldn't have done all contacted these people if it wasn't for the internet. So, yeah. the biggest story, I think. And the planet, the alien phenomenon, um, is is somewhat being proved to some degree by, you know, um, uh, a guy that's not that smart, half Ric Flair, half George Costanza. You know, I'm talking about myself. um, And and that's because I had access to information. I had knowledge Mm. or I had information, the alien phenomenon. Our government is covering up something, but I didn't have information. And the internet gave me information. So I'm telling anyone, I don't care where you live, where you're from, who your parents are, who aren't your parents, your circumstances, if you're being bullied at high school, if you're the, the star of the football team, you can do anything you want. Maybe not to the degree that you see it as, but sure. trust me, I am living proof that a ding with <laughs> ADD, but who is willing to try could really do some miraculous things with their lives.
0: That's awesome. I, I, I love every opportunity I get with doing what we do to inspire people. Yeah. It's been one of my goals ever since I started this. I wanted to educate people, entertain yeah. people, and inspire people. Right. Those are my three goals. And uh, I think what we just did here is hopefully inspire people to understand that life is malleable and you can make it what you want. Right. And uh, and the people who've been listening to my show—I mean, we, we just came out with—I think it was like episode 580 something. God bless you. It's oh just—it's like people have been listening since episode one. Yeah, they—they've <laughs> seen the transition. Right. You know, they—they they heard this this guy who just started a podcast who is a truck driver, right? And uh, just figuring things out as he goes to now we're building a media company, doing movies, documentaries, all this stuff. And it's just like I wasn't taught how to do this. I didn't go to school for this. Right. I'm a college dropout that barely graduated high school. Right. You just do stuff, you know. Right. right. And uh, I think fear is a big thing. And uh, also, well, it's hard. It, oh, very hard. I mean,
1: I want everyone to. I'm going to look at the camera. It's hard to be successful <laughs> if you're if you are not have a trust fund or you don't you're you're not a sheik's uh, son in Dubai. It's hard to be successful. You think it's easy. I want to watch YouTube. I want to watch ghetto fights. And yes. I want to watch uh, the, the, the videos where they, they shave cow's hooves and pull out nails of cow. I'm not lying to you. I don't want to go to my computer and write manuscripts and make calls for, you, you know, it, it, it's hard. It's, it, yeah. but, but, you know, if you can find the will to break through that, to, to, to spend five minutes, an hour a day or two hours a week. Um, you know, I ask everyone, well, and then when they tell me, John, I wanna, what are you doing about it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, what are you doing about it? I think there's also an anxiety that people have, like <laughs> when they t- when they're at the edge and they got to take that step and that, sure. that next step. That's right, it, your gut is saying this is the step towards success. That's right, but there's also the fear of failure, but also the anxiety that you have of interaction of other people and letting them see the dream you're on. Totally. Uh, for instance, um, like, uh. Tim Burchett, the, the congressman, uh, he he, he, Who I'm
1: going to see after our program. Are well, you serious? He, Tim Burchett is the one that I gave my, this investigation to, uh, I flew to DC, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, let me set this up just a little bit. I know we're getting a little, you know, bit, you're in I, his district. Oh, I, okay. So I flew to DC, you know, here I am a guy that ran for Congress. I've had an article published on my congressional campaign in the New York Times Magazine. I ran for governor of the Libertarian Party. I was on the ballot for Secretary of State last November. Out of respect, I flew to Washington, D.C., drove to his office, and handed his staff this investigation, this packet, mm. which basically shows what this film was, who was in the room, viewing this being, where the being was from, his des- the designation of this being, classification. And um, I I didn't hear back from anybody. And I, I emailed and they said, the, the first hearing, you are not going to be called. Okay. And I sent another email. I'm like, look, I just watched David Grush's testimony. This guy's talk. this agent of the government with a Q top security clearance just told Congress people are being and have been murdered to keep this secret quiet. Do you think I could get some kind of acknowledgement? Like hide in the open. Hi, everybody. This is Tim Burchett. You know, just the letter, Mr. Stewart. We've accepted your uh, investigation into Project Aquarius. We thank you. We will, if if we need be, uh, plan on calling you in the future. And um, and and I understand uh, the media, especially in Chicago. Oh God, John Stewart, the wrestler. He's <laughs> now he's talking about the government as aliens and craft. Yeah. But when David Grush came forward. I said, oh, I'm, I'm, I, the phone's going to not stop ringing. I've been telling everyone this mm-hmm. from the New York Times, Leslie Keene and Ralph Blumenthal, who I met in New York. I'm not getting that out of myself. To uh, Gideon Lewis of the New Yorker magazine, that this program is real. So when David Grush came out, I'm like, oh, when I go to Tim Burchett's office, they're going to call me in four minutes saying, get your ass back here. <laughs> yeah, Walk us through what, it, you know, and I sent him still photographs of this film. I mean, this is very heavy stuff. And um, I, I, I've I've been ignored by Tim Burchett. so you know the tenacity level that I have had, that I should have had in pro wrestling mm. and in politics. If I would have had this tenacity level, I would have been Vince McMahon's right hand man. Mm. I mean, I call, I stalk, I show up, I knock on doors, and and I'm going to his office after our, our telecast to say, look, wow. what 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 are you not? David Grush told you no names, no facilities. He was, because of his security clearances, couldn't say this, couldn't say that. I am giving you the who, what, when, where, why, and dates of David Grush's testimony. I ran for Congress and I was a candidate for secretary of state. The governor of Illinois tells everyone, there's not a person in the state of Illinois that says a bad word about Jon Stewart. I'm not a 20-year-old in my mom's basement mm-hmm. typing manifestos. What, what, why are you not... Um, at least acknowledging that I came to your office, dropped off this investigation, and and I'm going to go there after this, and 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 I could cause a problem, but I'm yeah. just going to ask again, um, what is going on? And I'm going back to D.C. I'm not going to say the date. It's going to be in October, because I've given up almost on Rep. You know Representative Gallagher from Wisconsin. Listen to this, folks. I drove seven hour round trip. This is the man that put in the UAP amendment for whistleblowers. I drove seven hours round trip, again, out of respect, to hand deliver the investigation. Never heard from him. Uh, All of the Green Bay media, the Green Bay media that's doing stories on Girl Scout cookie day, you know, told them, look, I'm a former candidate for governor. I went up to rep. I want whistleblower protection. I have no idea the kind of threat that might be on myself, even though I don't think that anymore. Um, in the media, not even to do a story on that, and Rep Gallagher not even calling me back. And again, when Grush testified, I'm like, "Oh, Rep Gall- Mike Gallagher is going to call me and tell nobody." And um, so, so yeah, so uh, I-, I need to pay b- a- a- Tim a-, a visit. But what I'm going to do in October is <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, there's like three or four female co- Congresswomen, and 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 I'm I'm going to ask them for their help. You know, and and yeah, I'm kind of like wrestling where I'm pitting the male congressmen against female. <laughs> but I'm, I firmly believe that these female congresswomen like um, Mace and, and AOC and, um, and, and, and Bobart and, uh, and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, that they are, uh, on, um, they are not as a structured as a regular congressperson I in see. Washington, that they would be willing to come forward and say, look, this guy is giving us the time, the date's. The the facilities, the program names that David Grush couldn't, mm-hmm. his name is John Stewart. We accept his investigation into mm-hmm. Congress. That's all I'm looking for. I'm not, I don't, you don't, I don't have to testify and I don't have to be on the front cover of the New York Times, but, uh, but it's getting to that point now where, um, you know, uh, th- that, uh, this investigation has to come to the forefront of the mainstream media.
0: Mm-hmm uh remind me after we're done recording there is a connection that i want to give you um or at least explore with you that might really help you okay. propel um okay. even well beyond what i can offer right uh so just don't let me forget that's why i had to type that down even
1: ralph blumenthal and leslie keen and i'm not i'm not jumping forward i know i keep saying that that's Forgive fine me. We'll, we'll- i spent six hours with them at the midtown hilton in august of last year and 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 Two hours into the my presentation, Ralph Blumenthal, one of who's, I would love the guy to be my uncle. Mm. I I love the guy, but he waved his hands and he's like, "Stop! We believe you. Stop!" just, you know, this and and they were just going through the the photos and and Ralph was impressed that I would get out of my car, knock on doors like uh, you know. All the, you know, like Dustin Hoffman and, 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 uh, uh, in, in all the president's men movie, you know, I was an old school journalist. Mm-hmm. I know what that, what that, what that entails and entails getting out of your house, knocking, uh, Ralph laugh that I would put notes on people's car windshields, the true story, wow. you know, to get them to talk to me, to get them to call, call me. So they're, they're like, well, the New York times isn't buying this. It's just, you're not in the military. If we can get somebody in the military to come forward you're going to be on the front time, the New York Times. They didn't actually say that, but we sure. can do this story. And when Grush came out, Leslie and Ralph, you know, and I've emailed them. I don't want to get into a where they are. Don't like me anymore. Yeah. But it's, I, I I'm very, I'm, I'm a little offended. And uh, especially that now my story can't even be in like the debris for, you know, uh, the New York Post or something. Cause mm-hmm. Leslie and Ralph do freelance too. And um, I, I don't know what else I have to do other than rolling out the body. Which yes. I don't have, and I never will have, um, and and so it's been it's been a struggle, and to get up and to keep doing this every day, um, I, I it's just I think the car business, the automobile industry, politics, pro wrestling, it it, it has molded me into the t- into the guy that that I am now, which is I, I I'm never giving up, I'm going all the way, yeah, and 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 people better you know understand that,
0: yeah, well, I'm glad they I think they will. And uh, especially after today, because uh, we're, we're giving you the opportunity to go from the beginning, right, the genesis of all this, yes. and work it all the way up to current time. So I told you before we started, and I'm telling everybody now, there is no timeline on this. Yeah. I want you to just share in detail everything that you have been through and, and every step of the way. Sure. Um, and to get this going, I want to let people know kind of just my experience with this film is— taking me back to the early two thousands. And if I can remember correctly, I believe it was this film. Uh, but I remember sitting at my parents' house, AOL internet dial up and, uh, this thing called the internet. And I'm just like, cause
1: it was one of the first videos on the internet.
0: Yeah. And, and i and I'm sitting at my parents' house, uh, this redneck kid in Pennsylvania <laughs> not knowing what the internet is right. and, and not, I didn't know how to use a computer. I didn't know how to use a computer until I got to college. And they're like, you need to use a computer. I'm like, I have a typewriter. I had no idea. And so
1: I'm right with you. I, I, the way.
0: I just typed in something with interest. I probably typed in alien or something like that to see what would come up on this magic yeah. machine. Yeah. And this video <laughs> came up yeah. and it probably took an hour to load, but I remember watching it and getting so scared because I'd never saw anything like this. Like, it was the same feeling I had when, I, and you can call me a wimp if you want, but when the movie Signs came out and that alien walked across the the, the camera and they showed it on the TV and Merle gets scared and he jumps back. Right. That's what I did when I watched the movie. I was scared. Right. I was like, i would never saw anything like that before. Movies don't show these things. Like It was just like, right. whoa, you know? And that's how I felt when I saw this film. It scared me. I had to turn yeah. off the computer. I didn't know what I was looking at. Yeah. Um. And so this is the film we're discussing today. And you did a thorough investigation into it. You know the names, people connected to it, and you've been spending a lot of your time, energy, and money to get this information out to the world. And that's why we're here today. So I, I want you to kind of take us, how did you come across the video? Sure. How did you start taking it serious? And what were the steps involved here?
1: Yeah, uh, let me just give two real quick stories because how does a uh, automobile dealer and uh, you know former pro wrestler and a guy that was you know running for governor you know, get involved in alien. I, you know, I've always been interested in the paranormal and, and ufology always. Uh, I wasn't a researcher of it, but I was always interested in it. I had two really strange, bizarre events. Um, one is, was not documented. One was documented because I emailed Stanton Friedman. I emailed Jim Mars and I called, uh, John Lear, mm. three people. The first one was in 1988. Now I'm 20 years old. I'm about to go to Singapore and Indonesia to wrestle. I'm in college. I'm chasing every uh, young lady on campus that I can. I'm living in Chicago, suburbs of Chicago. You know, ufology and politics was about as far out of my ecosystem as as anything as a finger painting. And I I fall asleep and um, I have a I have a a, a daydream like a like a semi lucid again. Twenty years old in college, chasing women, pro wrestler, bet ready to go to Singapore. Worried about term papers. I have a semi lucid dream that I'm the governor of Illinois. It, I'm, I'm 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 looking you straight wow. in the eye. That I'm the governor of the Illinois on a hill, and it's like the scene before. This is '88, so this was before the um, the Armageddon battle scenes of I think Lord of the Rings or you know whatever. Yeah. Okay way before that but it was that type of scene like a 500,000 aliens coming towards me and other people in this i remember the sky being red okay for whatever who we'll, we'll no whatever okay let's move on now just remember that 1988 20 years old i'm a governor of illinois fighting aliens i think people can get how bizarre and i'm just saying i'm not saying that god did this i'm talking about when you put something in your brain yeah okay 30 years prior be careful. <laughs> put stuff in your brain that's good. I want to have a nice wife. I want to be a good dad. I want to, you yeah. know, put that kind of stuff in your brain. Okay. Now, um, um, about two months before I saw this film, I, I think this is one of the creepiest things uh, that I can ever, and again, I emailed Stanton Friedman to help me digest what was going on. Uh, t- called John Lear. I had to pay to do that. He was having that service. You pay $20. You can call him. I hmm. just want to tell people that all oh, this is legit. I'm not just, Throwing out, and I emailed uh, Jim Jim Mars. I call him Tex Mars a lot. He died. He's the journalist with the mustache from Texas, who did JFK and u- Ufology books. It's 1997. It's one o'clock in the morning. I am sitting on, laying on my couch, uh, like with my feet up and my back against like the armrest. I'm reading a, William Cooper's book, um, Behold a Pale Horse, mm-hmm. very famous book. By the way, who in 1987 says that there was going to, there's going to be a ramp up of school shootings and to take guns away I, I find, I found that very prophetic. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy Clearly. was writing this 30 years ago. So he's talking about, look, if the government wants to hone in on you, they can see, you know, telepathically to some degree, what you're looking at. If you are at their target, I'm mm-hmm. going to come on. I know there's aliens, but gee, this is crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm reading. I'm reading. My pager goes off. You know, again, this is 97. I have a pager. Yeah. Look at the number. Call up the phone. Uh, a, a lady answers. And you can hear music in the background, like a rave party. It's like, boom, boom. She's like, hello? And I'm like, hi, I just got a page. She's like, I didn't page anyone. I'm like, okay. I'm like, um, who is this? She's like, um, I'm making this name. Uh, I'm Laura. Oh. Um, Well, is this your number? She's like, yeah, this is your number. But this is like my private line. I, I'm the general manager of Excalibur Nightclub in Chicago. Okay, I'm like, and you didn't page me? She's like, no. And she goes, you know what's kind of this? This one o'clock in the morning. She says she's as spry as a. I. She said, you know what's weird is that there's four people that have this phone number: my husband, the two owners, and the general manager. She go, and she asked me the general manager. I'm like, no, I don't know. She's like, I have no idea who would have put in this number. Nobody knows this number. This is my private line in my private office. I'm like, I'm so sorry. This is the general manager of Excalibur. And um, not five minutes, a s- seven to 15 seconds later, I sit down on the couch. I read the last chapter. And I remember the page was here. I read the last sentence. I turn the page. The top of the page, the Excalibur project. And, you know, I don't know if you've, I don't know if, um, I've been knocked out before. Corporal Kirshner punched me in Japan, knocked me out. I, uh, you know, I, uh, I, had a, I you know, I relieved my bowels and I'm not being disgusting or sick. I'm just saying, I, 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 I didn't know whether to crap or go blind. Wow. And I froze. I'm like, this, this is. This just happened seven seconds ago. This wasn't two days later and now I read the Excalibur. I am, and I hate saying this, but on the souls of my family, I am telling you, this is the God's honest truth. But more importantly, the time frame it was instantaneous. I sat down, read the last line, turned the page, Excalibur project, go and behold a pale horse. You'll see the chapter and the lady from, who was the general manager of Excalibur. And I'm like, holy crap what and again pages before that is we can see what you're reading and
0: mm-hmm. oh
1: this guy, and it's almost like oh this guy doesn't believe us okay <laughs> i mean i'm pretending to be in a bunker in the army or yeah. N- nro or whatever but that you know i I'm, I'm whatever and i got so freaked out that i actually emailed stanton friedman the entire situation and made sure it was stanton this was 30 you know 10 15 30 seconds later x color project and stan friedman wrote me and said quote the mathematical possibilities of that happening, especially in the time frame there he, he I can't remember his wording is is next it's impossible, meaning that there's another explanation that's not coincidence mm-hmm. and that freaked me out here's this physicist, you know we obviously saw that I was sincere. Jim Mars said the same thing he goes, well you, you know what what do you think it is and and I wrote back, I'm like, well in this book, it says it's, it's the government. He goes, well, who else could that, who else could have done that? Who else could have known that the next page was Excalibur project, paged you to the Excalibur nightclub to a phone number that no one has, who could have done that? I'm like, and I remember writing back, I'm like, aliens or the government. Mm -hmm. He's like, you got it, son. And never forget, he called me son. (laughs) And uh, then I called John Lear and, and John Lear is like, you know, John. There's four aliens digging holes in your backyard. Yes, yes. I called him over the other day. I mean, he's so matter of fact; nothing bothers him. And and he said, backed up with Bill Cooper, said he goes, "Look, they have the tech. They have the technology to peer into your thoughts, or to peer, you know." And he not, he didn't say remote viewing back then, but I don't know if that's if that's what it was. And I still don't know if this was the one in a trillionth coincidence. I I I I. I Part of my credibility as a journalist and investigator is to not make declarative statements unless I've got, got it. you know, yeah. and people appreciate that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not everyone on the internet, but people, most people appreciate. Hey, this guy is just telling you what happened. You did you figure it out? Yeah. So those two, so those two instances, so the the Excalibur incident really made me think. Maybe there's things out there that we don't understand, and especially with our government, and it 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 made the, the John Stewart radar dish go live, you know, yeah. go hot and start spinning. I move downtown. I tell this story. I don't tell this to impress anybody. It's 1997. I'm running for state rep. Um, I'm a part-time pro wrestler. I'm driving an eight-year-old black Porsche. I got a boat on Lake Michigan. I'm dating this super sexy. Nice blonde. Who's my wife now of 24 years? Awesome. God that
0: poor woman. <laughs>
1: um we are living the life. We have a condo downtown in what's called the Gold Coast of Chicago. Again, I'm not impressing. I'm impressing pop people just like when I was in college. Um you know, I'm and, and I'm living this great life and my buddies call me, "Hey, you got to watch this alien interview on the UPN network." I originally thought it was Fox. It was on the UPN network. The, an upstart, it was an upstart network back okay. then. I'm thinking alien interview, you know, again, this is George Costanza. Yeah. I'm thinking a weirdly weird looking person at the Pentagon is going to hand a clipboard to a general and they're going to do an interview for a job and it's going to be on closed circuit. I told Tony, I'm telling you, that's what was going through my, so I have my potato chips and my, my, you know, and, and my drink and I'm ready 30 minutes into it. I'm like, what, 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 what? What is that? You know, I know about gray aliens, but this is brown. I know gray aliens have almond eyes. This has uh, round eyes. It it looks like no one's trying to hoax this. And, 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 and I've been trying to figure out the word. And, and an internet person, by the way, internet the people on the internet have been awesome to me. They... they I'm talking about just regular yeah. interested people who have just given me tidbits and vernacular and somebody on the internet said it's, it's just so casual, so non-professional. And, and I'll give you a scenario later on about how I interpret that. There's two military people. Their shoulders are kind of getting into the camera view. It's one shot, one camera. Mm-hmm. There's no cuts. The doctors come in to tend to this being that's in distress they're not in biohazard suits. If you and I were hoaxing this, I'd, oh, have, yeah. oh, I'd have them in PSP or whatever you call, you know, the pressurized bio suits. Because and, the
0: question is, how can we make this look good? Exactly.
1: And no one's trying
0: yeah.
1: in this video. Now, um, how would I know about Hollywood? Well, being in the pro wrestling industry since 86, I know about production and camera production and in I shot TV commercials and I, I, you know, I was around, I I knew a lot of Hollywood people. I knew someone who was on the periphery Mm -hmm. of the Troy Duffy, the boondock saints group. Remember that the guy that directed and wrote boondock saints. There was a documentary on him. I knew someone in that periphery and he would always talk to me about Hollywood and production. And I'm like, this is this something is not right here. This is either the worst hoax documentary on the planet earth, or this is so casual that this, this might've been something real. And it's almost like when you hear something in childhood or you see something, you know, in your childhood and, and it triggers back years later, like, like, you know, what is bothering me? It hang hung over me.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like, uh, it's like being diagnosed with something when you're 20 and you know, in your forties, it's going to be the end It hangs over you, looms over you. Yeah. It's the only way I can describe what this video was in my, in, in my, in my brain. And again, to 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 hang in my brain with this crazy lifestyle of wrestling and the car business and flying around the country to buy cars and running my family car dealership and part-time wrestling and running for Congress, the John Stewart fiat. I mean, my life was, you know, having two two children and then a, a stepson and, and having a family and vacations. Mm-hmm. I mean, this I would that was I did not have the lifestyle of somebody that was, you know, that would um that would uh, uh, hone in and, and have something bother them. I was, you know, it was like a, my brain was always a duck's back. It had to be like that. I always had just too, information, too much information coming in at all times. But this did, never left. So I'm running for United States Congress. And let me just, uh, I'm sure you'll show them the film a, a bajillion times in this production. Yes. On the bottom of this film is digital overlay graphics. It's something I found out because I interviewed VHS people from the 80s. Again, I, I hope people are impressed, at least, of the, of the length of my investigation. Like a true journalist. Mm-hmm. I just didn't accept information. And we're looking at the camera. I just didn't accept information at things I was shown, things I was told, emails that I was sent. I vetted every single bit of information three and four times. Amazing. To the point where Ralph Blumenthal of the New York Times went,
0: stop. I get it. Okay. So <laughs> go
1: email Ralph. Did John Stewart at least vet everything? Okay. So <clears throat> it says DNI, uh, Delta November Igloo slash twenty seven. This I think is the this I think is the uh the twenty seven will end up being the explosion, the the nuclear bomb of this investigation, mm. in my opinion. So, Victor the Whistleblower, and this is a two-minute, 56-second film that was brought out by a man who called himself Victor the Whistleblower, and I will tell you the whole story about him. And I'm just talking about Jon Stewart in 97 watching this film, and he tells us that DNI, this film was made for the Department of Naval Intelligence, which doesn't exist. To this day, doesn't exist. Hoax, right?
0: Yeah. Hoax. Yeah, sure.
1: I'm running for Congress. This film starts bugging me. Why would you take all this money, a very great-looking animatronic alien, if it was animatronic, why would you put uh, an acronym mm-hmm. of a facility or a government agency that doesn't exist? Yeah. Proving you hoax this. Yeah. You, I would have put CIA, FBI, NSA, Area 51, yeah, biohazard suits. You would not put a name an an acronym on that film if that did not exist. I'm running for Congress. 1999, I'm getting a huge media coverage by the national media because of Jesse Ventura's fame. And Bob Backlund, WWE wrestler, is also running for Congress in Connecticut. We're on talk show after talk show. The New York Times Magazine does an article on us. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, I was not running for dog catcher. (laughs) I I was a congressional campaign, the only congressional campaign that had national media exposure. I don't care what anyone says. Mm. So I drop out of the race because there's no chance I don't have the money to, to pull this off. And Mark Kirk, um, who was the legislative aide of the, the congressman who was retiring, we became friends. I dropped out and endorsed him. He has a bus tour of the district, and he brings in a senator who used to be in the Navy. He was a POW. He's deceased now. They told me don't mention his name anymore until the documentary. Okay. Okay. I won't, but I think everyone, gray hair from a really hot state, POW, Navy, Navy pilot, Senator, longtime Senator. I think everyone knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> and Mark Kirk was a Naval aviator, um, radar intercept officer, uh, on a, on a EAB prowler. And, um, after he makes a speech, he gets off the stage. I have a picture with him, you know? And I said, Senator, I said, uh, great. My dad was in the Navy. He was, a uh troubleshooter in the air training squadron at Corpus Christi on the F9 Phantom. He's like, oh, yeah, I should have went there, but I went to Corpus uh, to a Pensacola instead of Corpus Christi. You know, tell your dad thank you for his service. So before we get back on the bus, can I ask you a real quick question? Sure. You know, Charlie, happy, and the band's playing. Da, na, na, na. I mean, can you see the scene? Yeah. And, uh, you know, people are around us like, okay, come on, ask, come on, you know, because everyone wants to take pictures with them. I said, what is the Department of Naval Intelligence? Tony? He looks at me, his eyes get like coal. He gets this aggressive look, and he's like, I don't have to tell you anything like that. And you shouldn't ask questions like that. Turns around and storms into the bus, doesn't talk to me for the rest of the day. <sighs> now, I've told this story to journalists and investigative reporters, and they all, all their eyebrows go, Oh, we've had that moment. You know, when you tell the mafia hitman his code word for the hit he did in, in Jersey in yeah. 1962 or whatever, and he's, you know, or you tell a, a, a Senator or a politician, you know, the name of a secret program that they've been funneling money from, or, you know, the name of their mistress or whatever.
0: The, I got caught. Get, yeah. yeah. It's
1: called the third <laughs> rail. When you've touched the third rail, sorry. You're
0: fine.
1: And, um, and they said, and you experienced that. And I Ask legitimate investigative journalists. Well, wow. They all said the same thing. I'd start investigating the Department of Naval Intelligence. So I, I do, since we have time here, I do wrap-ups because I think it's really important. We all have ADD. We're a 60-second soundbait generation. Yeah. I do wrap-ups. So I'm, folks, I I'm just want to ask you a question. On a U, On a network that just started that had no money, on a program called Strange Universe, okay, this wasn't. A a lone documentary. This was a documentary special on a program. Listen to me. I'm not trying to beguile you or convince you. Just listen to me. It's my it is my follow-up stories that will make you go, hmm, with this, with my investigation. Not the not the information that we're showing you. Very important. On a on a on a program that they didn't pay the people for the first four episodes, Strange Universe. I have been told by two people couldn't afford to pay their staff this $150,000, $100, $150,000 three-minute film, meaning the, the, anima, the, 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 the animatronic alien, if that's what it is. Mm-hmm. The crew, wardrobe, craft catering, rent the studio, um, manipulate this whole thing. Five animatronic people were told it would, it would have to be five people. That's how complicated this was. Can I at least say a hundred thousand dollars?
0: People sure. are telling me
1: that a, a, a hacker a, a side job guy um, and I'll get into this too this a side job guy in 96 maybe could have created that for 10 fifteen grand so I have changed my vernacular saying that doll oh, would have cost hundred and fifty no it wouldn't have however, hundred thousand dollar production on a on a network in a network show that couldn't afford to pay its staff mm. in the beginning does, does that make any sense okay just saying i'm not Making a declarative statement, a film where guys are their shoulders are showing in the screen, the medics come in like they're they just having a cup of coffee in the break room with short sleeve scrubs, okay, and masks, which is I found out bio hazard level two in the government. That's all you're required: mask and gloves. Really, (laughs) and and a United States senator has just turned into you know Cujo. You know, like a like a demon, over three letters on the bottom of a ho- supposed hoax film, on an agency that doesn't exist. No, I I think we could stop right there to say something with this film ain't. And I'm using bad English, ain't right. And you know, something's going on. Yeah. And and I tell you what what I think is not going on. That somebody hoaxed this. You know, at least at the the level of. Of, of the of of this uh of this film and and i i remember doing the whoa whoa what I, I, what, what is going on mm-hmm. put it out of my mind again i got a nine eleven happens i'm running a retail automobile dealership in nine eleven. 11 the 08 uh, housing crisis the dot-com boom uh the recession, the two recessions, two stock market crashes, hyperinflation, cash for clunkers, everything. You wow. couldn't put any more pressure on my father and I and my friends in the car business. Sure. And I'm not crying, oh, poor John. I'm just saying how busy mentally I was having a beautiful family and doing all of that. Um. But COVID happens. And Tony, for the first time in my life, and I don't say this proudly I had some time off that wasn't a result of an injury in wrestling or, you know, other than vacation. I, I was a workaholic, and I don't say that braggingly. Mm-hmm. is the first time I had some time off. And I remember um, coming home one day, and this film was hovering that day. That specific day, it was just on me, on me, on me, on me. Maybe the COVID and the whole weirdness of the world, you know, what was also so weird in my life, you know, this alien film. And I remember getting home about four hours early, and I was in my gr- my driveway. I, I can detail the the, the the moment they had just blacktopped my my driveway. I was in a f- gray 2014 Hyundai Sonata Hybrid. Um, <laughs> just because because it's so attached to my brain, and I'm like said to myself, John, you got four hours. Let's figure out something on this film. You you can investigate. You know how to do this. You know you've tracked people in the car business, and you know. Um, because they owed me money, not because <laughs> I was stalking <laughs> anyone.
0: Not um, yet. That's later in life. Yeah, you know. I, I, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I became the stalker. No. Um, so figure something out. I do something. Call some of your Hollywood friends. I don't know. So I'm like, there's this bizarre monitor to the left of the bean, where the blip goes up and down. It does not go across. I'm like, well, that was something tangible in that video that maybe I can sink my teeth in. So for. Two or three hours while sitting in my car on the driveway, I started to research what that bizarre monitor is that I had never seen before in my life, whether on a TV show, documentary, or in real life. I'm, what was I, 50 years old at the time? So trying to be a good journalist, a good investigator, vetting my sources, I find three PhD students that did the complete history of physiological monitors. They were from Sweden in 10 15, Again, when remember what I said about the internet and thank God mm-hmm. in 10, 15 minutes, one of them emails me back. What do you got? They did the history of, inter, of my, physiological monitors. This is the, I've already, I'm at the top of the mountain of experts. I send him the film. I don't send him the bean. I, 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 I uh, crop it out because yeah. I don't want to scare them or wear these people out. I get an email in five I've got this. Now the government has taken emails twice off my phone. People are like, "Oh, wait a minute. He said that the government stole they didn't swipe the stole the sent emails." Remember that people, if you have an in e, and, and AOL and Google have had problems with this. If you have an email that goes missing, a lot of times it's if you've sent an email back, that whole chain of emails is in that sent emails. Mm-hmm. Am I making sense? Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I have this chain of, of these of these PhDs. They he wrote me back. He said, "I I we have no idea what this is. I for the life of me don't even know what I'm looking at. What is this?" I said, "It's supposedly from an underground government facility. This was used by the government." Uh, he said, I, "I wish I could help you. I, I I don't. We don't know with what this monitor is. It looks like a." type of physiological monitor Mm -hmm. we've never seen it these are phd candidates who did the history of physiological monitors
0: so so he knew that he was looking at a monitor he just didn't recognize the monitor well sure so it wasn't like he was like saying you cropped this thing out i don't even know what this is
1: right he he knew that he was looking at a piece of because this there's this is another great story in the investigation great meaning it it was an aha moment which i think are it's you know it's our those are um when, when I have an aha home moment, it's, it's 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 happy. I'm happy because I'm I'm having success at what I'm trying to do. So, mm-hmm. so I'm like okay. Now I think most people would have stopped right there. I've never and said I've never seen this monitor in movies, TV, in person. I've got three experts telling me there's this thing is never they've never seen this ever. Just okay. That this is proving to be that this might be real. Mm-hmm. I didn't stop there. I found out through the internet. That the, the, really the only two companies making physiological monitors in the 80s and 90s, when this film was supposedly taken or shot, was Hewlett-Packard and Space Labs, not to be confused with SpaceX, Space Labs, who did physiological monitors for NASA. Remember what I'm telling you, space labs did physiological monitors with NASA. Now I get this mixed up. Who the cranky old guy I talked to, I said he was from Hewlett Packard. I looked back at my emails. He was from space labs. So I call Hewlett Packard. I asked for the physiological engineering department because these people would know everything. They've seen concepts and drawing board sketches and um. I get a guy on the phone. I tell him exactly what was going on. He said, "I uh, send it to me. Send it to him. Same thing as the, as the PhD people. I, I have never seen this before. I'm like, how long have you been doing this? Goes, I'm Developing physiological monitors for 20 plus years. I said, um, and you've never seen this. He's like, no, and I don't understand why. And there's a scientific name. Again, this is my ADD. I've had so much information. There's a scientific name for the blip that usually goes across. He said that doesn't make sense why that would stand alone because that's not monitoring um, a human, uh, like a human harpy. Like it, like it has to, it has to move um, because it's mimicking like the rhythm of our, of, of our respiratory system. If, that, if I'm hatcheting this, forgive me. Mm. I'm just kind of um, uh, extrapolating what he told me on the phone five years ago. It's a great store yeah. now. Now I call space labs. Same thing. Can I have the f- uh, physiological monitor, engineering department? Young man answers. Said, so, you know, I'm a researcher. I'm a documentarian, which I wasn't at the time, but what do you tell people? Hi, I'm a used car dealer, ex-pro wrestler. <laughs> I'm studying aliens. Can I talk to somebody? You know I'm? <laughs> yes. I'm talking like a Southside Chicago guy. Forgive me. Um, <laughs> so so the, um, in a Seinfeld moment, he's like, yeah, sure. No problem. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I I said, Um, is there anyone there in your department? I skip forward. I'm sorry. Is there anyone there in your department that's, you know been there forever? Nobody talks to him because he's cranky. He's probably got a back office, and everyone leaves him alone. Tony, my right hand of God. He goes, Oh, yeah, sure. Hold on. <laughs> and you're like, doo, 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 doo. You know, it's like, you know, the stand gets, you know, you hear the the elevator music on the phone. Well, you know, girl from Ipanema. Ta, yeah. ta, 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 ta. And I'm doing the Jerry Seinfeld, like the George Costanza, like, this is working. I can't believe this is happening. And you get a hello. I'm like, Oh, okay. He really is cranky. He is cranky. <laughs> But I knew this from being 50 years old, all the cranky car salesmen and pro wrestlers. I know what men are like, yeah. who have a lot of experience, who are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. I know what they're like. They hate their jobs. They hate that they're there. They're miserable. And I just, and, and I got one. Yeah. So this wasn't like I was pulling. This was my experience of what, but usually that cranky salesman, that cranky pro wrestler who's 60, they know more than anyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah.
1: She so gets on the phone. Hello. I'm like, oh, hi, sir. My name is John Stewart. I'm a documentarian and uh, a researcher from Chicago. And he's like, yeah. I said, I've got a film of a really bizarre, I think, physiological monitor. And no one can tell me what this is. And um, uh, uh, would you mind taking a look at it? And he said, uh, of, of course. Did the same thing. Handed him the crop, crop, cropped video of it. Again, thank God for the internet. Thank God for iPhone. You could do stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And um, he's like, well, call me back in five minutes. And I called him back in five minutes. He's like, yeah, I'm looking at it. He goes, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. You know, this is a guy in the physiological monitoring engineering department of space labs who made monitors for NASA. He goes, I don't know what I'm looking at. Where is this from? I said, supposedly, just bear with me here because I feel real, really weird saying this. And that was another thing I can tell your viewing audience, the bizarreness and the creepiness and the uncomfortableness of being on the phone for five years, telling widows that your husband might be involved with aliens, mm. telling PhD people and or telling, you know, uh, regular people uh, that this is about aliens was very uncomfortable to me.
0: Sure.
1: So I said, uh, this was supposedly, uh, uh, taken from an underground government facility. And I'm telling you the truth, sir. It was sent to me and he goes, I've never seen this. I said, well, how long have you been doing this? He said, 40 years. I said, you mean to tell me since the seventies at trade shows amongst your colleagues, amongst people at NASA, a monitor that just the blip went up and down was never on the drawing border. He said, never. And he said, the same thing as Hewlett-Packard. Why would you do this? You know, why?
0: Why would you do this? Sorry.
1: Why would somebody make a monitor with Uh. a blip? That was the thing with both of these, uh, with with these experts. Mm -hmm. Why is the blip standing still? So he said, uh, again, this is the, you know, one of the, 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 the incredible bombshells of this investigation. He said, well, if it is real, And it was made by the government. So you say it might be a one-off. I'm like, what's a one-off? Oh, I'm getting somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, you know, I know how to talk to people. Mm -hmm. I'm getting somewhere. One-off. You know, I remember I I had like this reporter pad in my car and I'm (laughs) writing one-off. He's like, well, in any kind of application, if you need to figure out something, let's say I'm looking for gold and I want to find gold in the ground, I would create a, gold detector if i was an engineer and i wanted to dig a well and i would create and there was nothing there to dig a well to find water i would devise and create a device to do that and i'm like i said do you mind if i say something he's like no and i said uh if you had an off planet alien and he had a weird biology and he didn't have a traditional heart and lung would you make a one of physiological monitor to monitor that biological system of the being, Tony, sure I would. <laughs> Again, I'm like, <laughs> I'm laughing because it was it was a happy moment. I, I was like Seinfeld. I'm like, what? I'm like, um, you would. He's like, well, of course. You know, you, if 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 that guy didn't have a regular heart and lung, like you're telling me, yeah, I guess you'd have to devise something like that. Doesn't hang up on me doesn't call me crazy. Remember that because no one has to this day in five years hung up on me, called me crazy. And I said, so you have never seen this. You have no idea why the mod, the blip goes up and down. He goes, no, I don't. He goes, but I would think that if you had to do something this specialized, you would make a one-off. Go, oh my god! Thank you. I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much. So, you know, we have this terribly hoaxed video, the United States Senator, a de- department of a Navy that do- doesn't exist. And I have four, f- five, cause it was three PhDs, Hewlett Packard space labs, five experts in the world, in my opinion, mm-hmm. on physiological monitors telling me that son of a bitch has never been made, is not in mass production. They've never seen it. They've never seen drawings about it. They've never heard of a concept about it. Nowhere. So I'm asking your viewers because this, documentary was done by a second tier video production company in a strip mall in Southern California. Do you think that a second tier video production company that was putting out the Tim Conway golf Dorf, he called himself, he was on his knees, he pretended to be a little person, a company that was putting out a VHS, selling a VHS tape of Tim Conway as Dorf, the golfer would created the most, uh, the most uh, uh, high-tech physiological monitor known to man, an animatronic doll that, that FX people said, whoever did this should be working with Spielberg. Does it make sense? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not asking people to, to, to believe anything. I'm just asking people, and do this for the, the, my entire interview. Does all of that make sense? Because it doesn't make sense to me yeah. at all. And, and that is when I decided this was the start of COVID, which I got twice, by the way, to put the pedal to the metal with this investigation. Now, you know, I, I, I've always been asking some questions here and there about it or interested or looking Mm -hmm. on the internet, but this was now the pedal to the metal investigation. So, and and I have a list here because this is how many points of interest. So, um, um, and since we have time here and you want to know the whole story, let's do it. So we have a famed Chicago police sergeant that was a customer of ours. His name is Bill Giaconetti, and I know you won't mind me talking about him. And he comes into the office one day, and this is about a week after this all happened, and I am going to start investigating it. He's he's found he's famous for finding missing peop missing person cases in Chicago. He, uh, CBS Sunday morning interviewed him about the 68 Democratic Convention riots because he was there. Just a great, hard-nosed Chicago detective, mm. you know, in his late 70s. And I didn't tell him what I was investigating. I said, uh, Mr. Giaconetti, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. Um, I'm going to start investigating something on my own. And you're an expert. What, tell me one thing. And, and I'll never forget this moment. He looked at me and he, you know, he's an, he's an old cop. He's like, and he sits like this, and he, he looked up, and he's got these blue eyes, and he's like, don't ever, and I don't care who they are, from the President of the United States down to the garbage man, don't ever discount human beings' desire to want to talk. Mm. And I thought that was profound. And, and if you want to talk about something that blankets my investigation, that's it. You approach someone, and this is why I think I was somewhat successful. And why people came to me, because I'm. I, I hope this comes through in my in my interview. I, I, I try to be as sincere as possible. I use a little humor. I never once in five years did gotcha questions with yeah. ex military people. Oh no 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 no! It was just hi, please hi, kiss your ring. Can mm. you just help me? I, I must have said, can you help me, eighty times in five years, and and in in and, and that. That, that, that was the start of this investigation. Never underestimate anyone's uh, desire to want to talk to you. So then I emailed Chad Kalick, who is the documentary maker of the film, Mr. No-Face, mm. who they think he filmed a gray alien in a abandoned facility, I believe in, in, in Australia. And he's just a great guy, just a great guy. Again, you go subservient, you know, this guy's a, 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 highly uh, respected documentarian and i said chad here's what i'm doing and he's like john um i just want to warn you he goes john i studied the paranormal for over 20 years nothing ever happened with my family my wife and my life nothing it's chad kalick you know mm-hmm. this guy is about as serious as they got he said john the first week that i started researching gray aliens my life electronically went haywire. And he goes, I'm just warning you that you might experience this too. And don't be weirded out, but I can't explain it. But, um, from alarms going off to, you know, servers going down, um, you name it. Um, I, I, that is my advice to you. And I can tell you, and I will tell you this in our talk that, um, there was five podcasts, and I can name them. Redacted with Clayton Morris, Project Camelot with uh, Carrie Cassidy. Um, ben, is, I, I, he's got a German last name. His podcast took him an hour to to reboot everything. Every podcast I do is, uh, hold on, John, this is something, oh, this never happened. If I hear that one more time, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump off a bridge. Um,
0: hold on a second. Yeah. Because we we were talking about this. I know before, we were. And and I kept my say, mouth yeah, shut. Yeah, didn't no, say. It. I didn't. <laughs> and, and I and I told you about the story behind the of the mixer board behind you. And it right. it, it right. my 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 wires are going crazy right now because right. you're saying that he told you that when you start investigating aliens and greys, electronics go crazy. Right. There's a strong opinion. And the person that was talking to me when my mixer board got fried.
1: I'm I'm sorry. I have a terse look on my face, but it's really it's it's uh, I'm getting uh, triggered. No. PTSD, like not PTSD, but I'm getting, um, uh, uh, I'm getting that feeling. You know, like not now. I'm yeah. It, uh, from the past of like uh, I don't do creepy. I tell everybody this. I got you. Even military people. I'm like, don't. I, I don't do creepy. So if you're going to get into this Da Vinci Code drama, this ain't a movie. This is my life, and I don't. And so I'm, 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 I'm just, I just, I just got that feeling from the past. I'm, I'm
0: not going to throw you. Okay. I'm not going to throw you for a loop here. I hope yeah, not. No. But uh, the mixer board got fried, and the topic of conversation right. was not alien, but it was fallen angels yeah. and other realms. And yeah. I know you're going to get into that as yeah. far as the other realm and interdimensional aspect. Interdimensional, yeah. So I just find yeah. how the parallels are yeah. really interesting. Yeah.
1: And when you have a, 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 I'm not patting Chad Kalick on the back. He just struck me. uh, It's just one of the good guys and and a sincere person. And, um, okay, so two weeks go by, um, and I gather my family at the family computer in our TV den, so to speak, to show them this film. This is what daddy's going to start investigating. So my uh, my daughters, uh, Chloe and Kim Kardashian, I call them. (laughs) 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 I tell everybody I investigated aliens, ran a car dealership, remodeled a bathroom and kitchen, and raised a a black lab puppy you know that that's that's what I should be congratulated for not finding proving aliens but and my daughter and sending my daughters to college and oh my god anyways um i'm I'm joking of course half, sure. half joking <laughs> so um uh, they start walking into the room there's two steps to go down to the computer i've got the alien booted up on youtube because this video has been on youtube for 20 years my daughter's phone goes off i, I you know i, I don't want to say this over but my right hand to god she gets a Snapchat as she's walking to the computer to see daddy's alien film for this documentary or, you know, or this investigation, she gets a Snapchat from somebody that is not her friend that she doesn't know. And the Snapchat me- instant messages, do you believe in aliens? And my wife and my other daughter went, what the-? you know, and that is where I got credibility with my family. Because yeah. if your family is not on board with something like this, if they think you're crazy dad in the garage building a spaceship to Mars, yeah. you're not going anywhere. And I, you know, I'm very I think you could tell I'm very emotionally sensitive. And um, you know, if I'm not getting the vibe from, you know, people in my in my home, you know, this goes nowhere. And and right there, they looked at me like, holy like mm-hmm. <laughs> this just again, just like the Excalibur. Yeah, she's walking to see dad daddy's alien video creepy moment so um, here was the problem tony and and you said this before about you know doing something that you've never done before how intimidating that can be because you don't know how to do it i you know i have written articles but i wasn't an investigative journalist or you know i have investigated people and you know I, i i that's always been part of my or you know investigating paranormal conspiracies, meaning reading and watching numerous documentaries, you know, that kind of interest. Mm. I didn't know how to investigate. You know, and, and and Chris Jackson, who's a former pro wrestler, lives in North Carolina. We were with each other one day and he said, let me get this straight. And he, boy, you want to talk about reality. He goes, you want to investigate a film that was... Filmed 30 years ago in 1991 in a facility, the most high-tech facility ever built and devised to mankind, and 90% of your witnesses are most likely dead. Am I getting this straight? (laughs) I'm like, maybe I'm biting off more than I can chew. I'm like, yeah. He's like, "I, I don't know where you can start. I knew enough about ufology that at times when you give it the Oprah effect, give it meaning any investigation or inquiry. Um, uh, uh, if you give it the Oprah effect, you talk about it, you write a book about it, you go on TV or radio about it. Sometimes that ferrets out, um, whistleblowers mm. and insiders. Um, how many times do we hear UFO researchers get a packet for a film, a packet of pictures? They get approached at a, uh, at an airport. um, so on and so forth, so I was at least i had enough acumen to to say to myself, "Well, you know what um maybe if I have present this evidence, which is the d n i the monitor you know uh the senator I almost gave his name away, um maybe I had enough information somebody would let me on their podcast, and who lets me on, which is one of the number one internet radio guys one of the best uh uh Internet websites. Uh, he's like the Drudge Report for alternative media. Jeff Rents, mm-hmm. former journalist. So I'm going on a show of a former journalist. You know, so I tell Jeff the story up until I believe the, the physiological monitor. And he's like, you know, thank you for coming on. Please check back with us. Update us on the um, update us on your uh, investigation. Let me just go back a little bit. This was I did Jeff's show right before Memorial Day of 20. 21 and got, I mean, if I'm chopping dates, you know, I, I, I will fix that in the future. Um, as my wife and I are in upper Michigan, there's a state above Northern Wisconsin. That's another part of Michigan. Not a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I have to always say that. Cause I mean, where's the UP? What's yeah, he talking about? Yeah. Is he crazy? <laughs> we have a family, it's summer a we've had place. since my dad and mom have had since the sixties. My mom grew up there as we're making a left-hand turn. By the Whitetail Inn bar, off of uh, one one thirty nine, my screen on my iPhone goes blue, white, blue, and then back to normal. And my wife sees it because it's on. It's in the like the dash, and we look at each other. I'm like, she's like, what the heck was that? So I go to look, and I'm like, Joanne, my wife's name is Joanne. I'm like, where are my emails? She's like, what? I'm like, where are my Emails, my red emails that I didn't delete from, uh, whether it's from auto transport people or friends or um, auctions or my my employees at the car dealership, everything, everything to do with business in my life are gone. And I I could show you June twenty sixth or whatever, two days before I'm going on Jeff Rentz, my emails get wiped. Mm. So I tell Jeff Rentz's producer, (laughs) because. He was like, John Lear, that happens all the time. To who? He's like, oh, I guess. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, John, no. He goes, it has happened before. Can't explain it. It's happened before. So I go on the Jeff Rentz program. About 10 days later, I get an email. Um, caught your interview on Jeff uh, uh, You spoke very intelligently about this. You didn't make up things. Um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. This mm-hmm. was three years ago. And um, uh, I am an insider. I, I won't tell you who, what, where, you know, but if I can help you, um, I will. Um, and I, I'll never forget this. I, I can nudge your investigation. Nudge, you know. Mm. <clears throat> okay. I'm like, interesting. This could be a wacko. This could be an internet person. It could be make-believe person out there or, you know. um, You know, there's UFO groupies and, you know, groupies meaning like, you know, people that want to hang around the, the UFO world or whatnot. So I'm thinking anything, but again, what I credit myself was I've always had an open mind with everything. Everybody that came to me, I've just, just went like this. Okay. Come on. Let's, let me analyze it. A month goes by, he sends me another email. A month goes by, he sends me another email. He's asking me like, like random questions. Um, You know, about my past, um, about the investigation, he's not getting real deep. Um, He's asking my opinion, which I was kind of honored that, you know, it wasn't all about him telling me things. He was, lawyers call it Wadayne somebody, you know, Mm. you know, little back and forth of who this person is. Um, On my birthday, coincidentally, you know, because I I would email him back, I'm so, I'm stuck, you know, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I I don't know what my next turn is. Blah blah blah, and so on and so forth. Um, on my birthday, so this was contacted me in July. So July, you know, my birthday's March, so it's like nine ten months of emailing me once a month. Remember that once a month, he uh, I get a thing, uh, an email. The memo is uh, from the horse's mouth. The hell is this? Um. And I will just jump to the jump to the to the you know to the punchline apparently he had a source in the defense intelligence agency which ran and runs the alien program and I will get into that I'm using broad terms and he had a source in there who sent him the internal investigation of this film allegedly I, I didn't see the guy in the DIA do this. I'm, I'm just, you know, not making declarative statements here, but I am telling you what happened: that he had a guy in the Defense Intelligence Agency who sent him, who, um, and I, I saw the the um, I saw like he forwarded me this guy's email to him. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, but you could see the guy typed it out. He, it wasn't a. I just want to make sure people because have asked me. It wasn't a photocopy or a PDF of defense intelligence, an inner office memo. It was okay. I've got the file. I'm going to type it. Interesting. The DIA guy tells and I and I tells my whistleblower, um, very matter of factly, like you and I talking. Please refrain refrain from using my name attached with this information. And then um, he wrote the guy, the guy that wrote, started writing me the emails, he used his first name. (sighs) So I said, this is something that I would tell a trusted friend. Like not, hey, you jerk. Don't you dare use this. Just, Mm -hmm. hey, Tony, if you're going to put this out, just don't use my name attached to it. That line struck a chord with me like this, this, wait a minute come on so because i'm a dingling at times somebody's like i'm like why have i never tried to backtrack this man's email to see I, I i you get so wrapped up that sometimes you can't see and i'm admitting that mm-hmm. you know that i've made so many mistakes yeah. i i've i've drawn so many wrong conclusions i've put a Words one time in a witness's mouth who didn't doesn't who was tied to a a person's name who wasn't the name, but I put words in her mouth because I was so excited, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm getting somewhere. So I finally said to myself, let me, this is this is Da Vinci Code stuff here. I said, let me, I have a program from the car business. So I um not the DIA guy, the guy that was been emailing for nine months. I want to get that clear. So I start doing a search on his email. It leads me back and this is where we get into uh, where I'm asking you that this is where we get into the, that I, you have to help me never to divulge any, if I, if I mix up, we have to cut it out of the, the, the interview. But okay. he, he, you know, he, I found out that it, the email um, was an email used by an institution of a metropolitan city. And so I had the ability to run the email. It was to a female's office, and I called her, called the institution. Um, and I, I, I'm just I just don't want to. Uh, I called her. Just said, you know, my name is John Stewart. And I found out what she did for the institution. So I used that as a guise and I won't tell, I, I cannot tell what she did. Let's say she was with um, purchasing, you know, Hey, uh, do you still want to order solo cups for next week? Or I, I was, it was, it was, I didn't, it was totally different, which it was, yeah. it was, the question I asked her was based on what she did there at this institution. So I established she was a real person, but it was her email that was emailing me. Just bear with me here. So I'm like, a 40-year-old woman in a metropolitan city is, is she knows a guy in the DIA, I'm like this guy that was emailing me for nine months, 10 months, seemed older, seemed, you know, seemed like a man, first of all. And I don't know how I ascertain that, but you just can't, you can tell difference yeah. of people. And he, the vernacular and wording he used, you could tell that he was, he was more my age or older. So I go back to my emails and I'm you know and I'm just you know I'm like what come on I'm missing something I'm missing something I realize that every email came on the first Tuesday of every month. And thank God my father's on the board of directors and became chairman emeritus of a credit union in Illinois. And it's called the Open Meetings Act. You have to meet if you're a corporation one day a month every month in a calendar year. And I'm thinking Again, I'm extrapolating because I never asked him this. I'm thinking, and I call him the chairman, that this man, when this man showed up at this institution, and I don't think I'm stretching this. When he showed up at this institution for the board meeting, he went into his, I later found out, daughter's office. Oh, yeah. Used her email to email me. So there would not be, yes.
0: Wow. Thank
1: you. That was my, that was my Barnaby Jones, Columbo, you know, Da Vinci code moment. I'm like, oh, and I, and I, and I remember showing Chris Jackson. I'm like, look, Tuesday, 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 Tuesday. I'm getting flush in my skin right now because it was a great moment that I, that I saw that I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself at this point, well, what am I into here? I just got an internal investigation. And let me talk about that memo. Cause we're at that point. I don't explain this a lot, so I, I, well enough on podcasts, and I'm going to do it now. The internal DIA investigative memo that was retyped and then sent to my chairman, who then sent it, forwarded to me, forwarded me the chain of email, um, was an internal investigation about this film being taken out of Area 51, okay? just so we're clear on that in this um, memo or document was uh, first of all, they called it an unauthorized viewing. Now I am not the sharpest pencil in the drawer. If you think that I could make that up, it wasn't a theft. It wasn't a smuggle of the film. It wasn't, it was simply called very, um, you know, uh, like a, uh, a, an innocuous term. It was called an unauthorized viewing. And in this, it said, uh, uh the, the, film, and he, and he was, um, he was also giving the information to my chairman. So I don't think everything was officially right off this document. He was telling a narrative. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like Tony, this is the, the, this is the whole thing of how we, you know, uh, uh how we, uh, move the tractor from one site to another, but let me tell you this too. And you know, mm-hmm. the date and whatnot. So Here's what the memo said. Uh, this film was shot April 22nd, 1991 at 315 in the afternoon. The being in the film was a other gray. So you have your traditional grays, which have the almond eyes and kind of grayish shoe skin. It said in the memo, uh, the internal investigation, investigative memo, this was called the other gray. It, was called, it, it, was, it also said this was a haploid. Um, and a haploid, I found out, is is a uh, biological being that has only one sexual chromosome. Human beings are diploids. We have male and female in us. This only has um, either male or female chromosomes or DNA or if I am I know I'm not a microbiologist.
0: Let me ask you a question on that, though. Yes. Uh, and you may not have an answer. Does that mean that like they're asexual, they can reproduce within themselves?
1: I'm going to get to that.
0: Okay. Because there's a lot of different stories to that. hmm
1: um, so re- remind me to re- remember to ask me that uh, this was a diploid, only had one uh, and, and I found out that means it only had one sexual chromosome, not mm-hmm. two. Um, uh, this portion of the film what does that mean? I found out later, was was for the Defense Intelligence Agency, for an object located underneath the Indian Ocean. Okay. The interview didn't go well or I, I i'm using that word the the interview was terminated um for for momentarily while the bean became distressed well we can see that on the on on the um this is the only thing that ever pissed me off about the government other than them taking eight trillion dollars of our money that could have went for daycare and minorities and you know special needs people and you know helping single mothers and you know a trillion dollars to study alien tissue and build, you know, spaceships. And uh, I'm not being glib. Um, this is the only the only thing that's ever bothered me about the government. Once the bean was um um, oh got the word once the bean was uh uh stabilized, the interview continued. So 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 this bean is from a you know that's abandoned, crashed on earth. It's uh, has been there for two years. It's dying, and once we get it stabilized, okay, Hal, continue the uh, interview.
0: Keep it coming. You
1: know, <laughs> no, let's not let take it back to its suite because they called them ambassador suites. Really? Yes, because they treated these beans like they were ambassadors from other countries. How can I make that Really? Up? Yes. So instead of taking it back to its ambassador suite, uh, um, uh, let's can, keep continuing because we're, we're the, the government. We need to know and um victor says in the documentary that the interview really went nowhere after that um let me let me give the rest of the of the memo and uh, again i don't have it in front of me um uh it also said that um i'm giving a lot of information away but that's okay that because the one thing Remember, I went in, I just want to find the truth. I still want to find the truth. I don't care either way, mm-hmm. the provenance of this film. And I think that pisses off some people like, no, you have to make, you have to go, it's alien, alien, it's real, it's written. No, I want, I want the truth. Right. That's it. Well, just, Dr. Stephen Greer's got a great statement. Um, don't bother with the facts. I know the truth. Something like that. <laughs> Forget the facts. I know the, you know, I, I know what the truth is. Um, don't bother me with the facts. That's the line. Um I just want to know the truth. You're not going to hurt my feelings if your uncle has this alien animatronic doll in its, in his garage, mm-hmm. and you ask me to fly to you know Redwood, California. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I just want to know the truth of this. Yeah. So um, I always said to myself because I think Vic, I I I don't think I I believe I proven Victor did lie a little bit in the documentary. I think think to distance himself. From' because I believe he was down in s four um the underground facility, and I think he distanced himself with the with the with the time he said it was in January, his document said it was in April. um he said he was the agent of removing of the film. um this document calls that into question, and I always that you're weighed naked going into s two s four going into s four which is beneath the S2 Alpha complex. That's a bombshell that I broke about three months, four months ago, which we'll get into. You're weighed in the nude in front of a nurse. You're weighed when you leave in the nude in front of the nurse. They know how much you ate. Um, so, so you're not sneaking a thumb drive in the crack of your buttocks. I, yeah. I, you're not sneaking out a CD-ROM. I, I'm, I'm sorry, folks. And I'm like, this is the only thing that hearkens that this was a hoax. Mm. There's no way... Or a government PSYOP, right? Sure. No way you're sneaking anything out of S4. No way. Ha. But the memo says how it happened. It was like Ocean's 11, you know, where the casino let the money go out because they thought it was going out with the Brinks truck. Mm-hmm. It simply says, when the interview was terminated, a uni- the United, Star- United States Air Force cameraman was then escorted back to the Groom Lake Photo Lab, not Area 51 that I would have used if I was, I mean, me hoax this. The Groom Lake Photo Lab I, by a United States Air Force police officer. It was let out three days later. Two copies of the film were, were, were made. One three minute version was put into a GSA burn. I'm reading this on my birthday at the McDonald's oh, Southland Lincoln Oasis outside of Gary, Indiana. My hand's shaking. Well, I have to be specific. So at the, people- At the McDonald's. This is unbelievable. Can I, tell a, can, we have a, can I tell a funny story? Yeah. So I am, I'm reading this. My hand is shaking. Around a Chevy Tahoe is a 10-year-old blonde girl with black sunglasses and a COVID mask. And she is walking to me. <laughs> I'm thinking like this is- it's the yeah, like I was being attacked by the government. I swear to God, it was like, a. I remember like being, and she walked by me. It was, I actually laughed about it. <laughs> that's how paranoid this stuff sure, can make you. Yeah. And if it, if I didn't have a strong mental constitution, believe me, I would, you know, I understand um, how, how this can affect people. Okay. So three days later, two copies of the film were, uh, were made or processed. A three minute version is put into a, was put into a GSA burn bag and removed off the Nellis base, or what? Whatever technical term is for Area Fifty One, they don't call it Area Fifty One. It's the Nellis Test Range. I, I've got this all in notes, mm-hmm. I, you know. So, and <laughs> so I go on my iPhone. I'm like, "That the GSA. The GSA does government auctions and maintenance and garbage." Like, I would know this except somebody in the, and so. So this three-minute film, 16-millimeter film that it said in the report was, uh, this is the, uh, you know, Hal, this is the burn bag. That's how it was taken off. How was anything removed from Area Five One? Look, I've talked, I must have talked to five, six regular uh, people. I just had a conversation with an 85-year-old man who did radar applications out at Area 51. He's like, even he was said the same thing. The outside perimeter was Wackenhut, EG&G, Dynatrend. Inside Area 5-1, that's, the, that's how, what they, how, how they term it. Thank you, Sean David Morton, for correcting me on that. Area 5-1 is Air Force security. And this the, the old man that was talking to me goes, John, I would know some of these security uh, young men for five years. There were times they didn't check your pockets all the time, your briefcase, your your purse, if you were a woman or, you know, you had, uh, he, just, I mean, he goes, I'm sorry, but it was, it was lax. He goes, and you're telling me that a, a burn bag was, was not examined. He goes, <laughs> he goes, I, that is a totally believable premise. Hmm. I'm like, okay, again, can't find anybody to debunk it. Like you there, they check every GSA burn. Nobody said that.
0: And that's what you would think. That's what you would think. Like, wouldn't
1: you and I do that?
0: Yeah. Uh, like, there wouldn't be
1: a scrap of paper leaving that base. No.
0: And, and and if I'm making up the story, like I'm I'm thinking about all that stuff, trying to cover my bases. You know, how am I going to get this out? Because they're going to check the bag. You know, like you're going to think about all that kind of stuff. It This, right. is, this is amazing. And and,
1: and um, uh, a master sergeant told me, "He goes, you knew, you knew who were the lax security guards. Oh, you can make a joke with who's having problems with his wife and uh, and I say that." You know, um, uh, tongue-in-cheek, meaning you you knew the the, the person, you know, the, the personal stories of most security guards because you're standing in line, you're, you're, you're jabbing, you're, hey, hey, you know. Was, mm-hmm. At Area 51, it wasn't like as draconian as it was at Papoose Lake where this facility is. So I'm reading this and and and, and now it gets to the names. And I want to be specific because people are right. I haven't explained this enough. It then listed the names of every military person that was in the viewing gallery, looking through the window pane at this interview. And it gives the two names of the doctors who tended to the being. Um, and I'm shaking because when you see something that I, 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 when you see something that personal or you see something that is, um, it, it's like having proof your spouse cheated on you via video. It's like seeing you have a cancer diagnosis in front of you. When you can visually see something, for me, it—it it, it gets a—I get a visceral reaction. So I'm seeing these names, and my hand is shaking, mind you. And I'm starving because I want to get a McDonald's, but my <laughs> hand is shaking. I'm just—I'm being honest. My hand is, sh- and then the creepy girl with the sunglasses and the mask, and my hand is shaking. And I'm like, I, I've been looking at ufology for thirty years. I don't know anybody on this list. I don't know anybody. So with my iPhone, I start Googling each person. Now, I sent this list to Linda Moulton Howe, who's a respected journalist Very, in ufology. Yes. Her first words is, my God, I don't know anyone's name on this list. I'm like, well, why is that important? She's like, John, when someone comes forward with something like the Thomas Wilson memo, MJ-12 or papers, you know, when you have people's name that haven't been recycled in the ufo community that's a big deal mm-hmm. she goes i've never heard of any of these people she goes and you google these are live human beings i'm like yeah these i'm like linda do you see that guy's name he's practicing medicine still in connecticut linda moulin goes that quote because she hates when i misquote her that you have she goes john you have gold this trumps the wilson memo which is, was a memo taken about, you know, a meeting about mm-hmm. UFO, UFO, UFOs. Sorry if I'm hatcheting that. So uh, so I know they're real men. So I go home and now I start the deep dive vetting, the New York Times investigation style of each of these names. So let me quickly go through them. The first guy on the list is retired uh, Air Force working for TRW. I throw up the papers. I'm like, that hoax hoax um, all my work well at least i proved it's, it was a hoax chris jackson the wrestler my uh, investigator on this with me uh goes uh dummy do you think maybe that um I'm, I'm sorry i'm jumping the gun i call sean david morton i'm the trw guy sorry he goes trw my family's work for trw they're <laughs> You might as well have read that they're Lockheed or Boeing or Skunkworks. They're they're, the, they're arm in arm with top secret black projects in the government. Are you kidding me? That I, that even proves more that 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 is legit. Wow. I called Stephen Greer. He goes, TRW. There's they, they, more TRW agents sometimes on these black projects than there are regular government, you know, government, uh, government people. Like, holy shit. I call the guy's house. Yes, I called his house. Oh, well, you have reached the residence. That's, a, you know, it's like an old uh, a voicemail. I haven't proved that he died. He's really old. Um, looked like a fun guy. Um, never called me back. I don't want to stalk this man because he's in his late 80s. Funny, he is a son of a famous, you'll never guess this. Of a, of, a, of a famous World War II veteran, not Patton, not Eisenhower, not MacArthur. But once this comes out, you'll see, oh, my God, that's his son. Now I find out this was a week ago. I'm jumping forward a week ago. This is how this thing is metastasized. A week ago, I'm watching some mundane documentary. His dad was sent to Germany. After World War II, do you know what his dad was sent? To, and this is a famous World War II guy. Books have been written about him. Was sent to Germany after World War II. Do you know what to do? Do do with with do? Oh my God! I almost gave up his name. Was sent to Germany to look at and recover and 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 capture and whatever the supposed Nazi US UFO program by Adolf Hitler. So wow. isn't this weird that his son? Folks, this was this is two weeks ago I just found this out. I can't believe I remembered to, to wow. bring it up. So here's a guy that was, an, was in the first thrust of the UFO program and his son, who's in his late 80s, is in the UFO program to some degree watching this being. But remember, an object in the Indian Ocean. I find out what he did for a TRW, mapping and contour. So was he an ex? I don't know. Was he an expert in the contour and the map area of the Indian Ocean to help with the analytical um, uh, uh, the analytical um, uh, process of finding where this craft was? I, I don't I don't know I don't I don't know. But it sure is suspect. Um, the next guy on the list uh, says he was a blah blah blah, Captain Naval Intelligence. So I Google him. Here's the Chris Jackson story. He retires a vice admiral <laughs> hoax. I've been had hoax captain. They there's, he's a vice admiral Chris Jackson. He goes, dummy. This is from 91, right? And I'm like, yeah, the film. So isn't the report talking about from 1991? Yeah. Do you think maybe he was only a captain in 91? And then 25, 30 years later, retired a vice admiral.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) So I get his email, living in Virginia. And I email him, John Stewart. I'm a researcher, documentary. I'm going to do a military documentary, which kind of wasn't really a lie. Writes me back. Oh, you know, I haven't worn, I never forget this line. I haven't worn the jacket of, of, of service long time i don't like to put it on but if i can help you answer any questions, i'd be more than happy to do so i write him back i appreciate that i'll you know compile a, a list of questions um call me gives me his nickname yeah, which uh so i'm like i feel really uncomfortable i'm writing this calling you by your nickname you're a vice admiral, yeah. but i will he goes i'm like and since we're, we're dropping the informality. What is the story with this fried chicken at gas stations in Virginia? He writes back, LOL. He goes, it's incredible. He goes, well, my, my doctor doesn't like me to eat it a lot. I'm like, well, when I come to Virginia, I'm going to take you golfing, and we're going to go have lunch at one of these gas stations. It's a true story. This is how informal we were. I haven't dropped the bomb yet. Emails me back within hours. And just, a, just a nice guy. Still is a nice guy. And, uh, I'm very protective of him because I don't, when this call comes out in a documentary, I certainly hope that his life, you know, that there aren't CNN trucks out in front of his condominium. Um, he goes, okay, what do you have? What are the questions? What's this all about? Again, I'm going to go play golf with this guy or, you know, I was teasing of course, but I would have mm-hmm. go have fried chicken with him. So look, my godfather died in Vietnam. My relatives have been in the army and Navy. My dad was in the Navy. I was one of the progenitors, I'm bragging now, of course, that saved the North Chicago Veterans Association Veterans Administration uh, site. They were going to close it. Mark Kirk and I, you know, stamped our feet, told the media, had a big to-do. Mark eventually got $130 million to build uh, the uh, James Lovell Medical Center. I was one of three people that went with Mark to the media, the progenitor of that proudest one of very proud moment of my political career and I'm writing this to him I said so the respect for the military they should be on the top of the pyramid I'll do anything for homeless veterans to disgrace here's what was sent to me and I sent him the memo from the DIA (laughs) and I'm like this ready you know ready to press send I'm like
0: you hit it. And you're like I, I did it i did it i did it, I did it. Like, that's over <laughs> walk, I did away. It. Sorry. walk away, right. walk away. Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> oh, that's wild
1: you know and i and, and ufo uh higher-ups in our community don't like the fact that there's been humor in this investigation but i'm sorry i'm part george Costanza. you know it's like oh my god yeah. you know i was trying to i think about the, the the episode where he tried to erase the tape mm-hmm. in the in the uh, in the answering machine i'm like so i did it <clears throat> guy keeps me back in hours Day, two days, three days, five days, a week, two weeks. I write him back. I'm like Admiral. uh, I I know it might be shocking. I know your name is on that report. Did you have anything to say say to me? I'm not. I'm not accusing. I. I wasn't trying to do gotcha journalism. I'm just. This -hmm. was sent to me. Can you help me? Ghosted me. And Tony, I don't know if you believe this or agree with this, but in 2022, when this happened, you know, modern days, when you have this inform- informal conversation back and forth on email, and you get ghosted, I think that speaks. I think that says speaks a million words. Sure. And and military people have told me since that email, he's like, look, most honorable, or anyone in the military that is honorable is not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. They will ignore you. They won't answer your question. And they won't, but they won't lie to you. They know. From boot camp, you don't ever put yourself in a position where you have to dig yourself out of a, 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 out of a lie. And, and, and the, the uh, military person said that, that is textbook. You just, you just ghost the person because mm-hmm. then you're not lying. You're not saying anything. You're not insulting me. Um, you know, I was ready, kid, you're crazy. And you know, this is, you seem like a nice guy and you don't come to Virginia to play golf with me. You're a nutcase. I'm insulted by this, that you would even think that I would be involved in this. And I was like, whoa, whoa. I got ghosted by a vice admiral who I was going to go have fried chicken with. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I mean, get to the next name. Uh, Let me, um, okay. So I'm I'm talking to myself. I, I don't have an earpiece, folks. <laughs> so the next one is uh, uh, and this is going to go back to 27 on the bottom of that film. I this is the only name I named because he's dead. Wife lives in Palm Coast, Florida. Uh, Rear Admiral Schaefer, nicknamed Ted, he was the intelligence liaison to the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So when somebody like Colin Powell went into the Oval Office to brief George Bush, number one, about a situation in Iraq or whatever, he would be the intelligence asset saying, oh, Colonel, you know, Colin general, this is this document. And my aide over here has this document, you you, you know. So he, I have proven that he was in the Oval Office on more than one occasion. Hmm. Uh, Rear Admiral Schaefer, nicknamed Ted, seemed like a, in his picture in Wikipedia, seems like a great, a great guy. Like you could just tell he was like, you know, one of those, you know, shot in a beer whiskey guys back in the fifties and sixties when he was in the Navy. And I just, I, I just, I, I gathered that from him, but, um, but to put a name, you know, who's, who's the light, like, the intelligence liaison of the joint chiefs. Now remember that. And in the oval office, cause the bombshells coming. after that is the doctors. Okay. So. I think I've established some very weird things about these the first three names. Now the doctors come up and the first one, uh, I Google his name. He's in a lab coat with the thing on his, his office hours. He's practicing medicine in Connecticut still. And I'm doing the, you know, I'm doing the temple rub. <laughs> I
0: guess I'm going to Connecticut. <laughs> I guess I'm going to Connecticut.
1: Let me break here. When I told Leslie Keene of the New York Times about this man, she was so, like, floored. She was like, I'm going to go make an appointment with him. And when I get him in the office, in the exam room, Leslie Keene, I'm going to be like, right, I, we have information. And, and Ralph Blumenthal was like, Leslie, <laughs> you know, like, let's, you know, take a measured approach here, you know. Um, but that's how, you know, this is how deep this thing is going called his office. I'm a researcher, uh, a documentarian. I like to ask him questions. Now I am assuming this is my opinion that when the receptionist said there was a documentarian guy wants to ask you questions, you know, he immediately went back to, oh, I'm sure it wasn't the time when I was a doctor in the, at the VA. I'm sure this has something to do with the, the little, the little trip that I made or made a bunch of times. To a little dry area place in, in Nevada, I I I would be the same thing. Mm-hmm. When somebody would call the car dealership, is Johnny there? I knew that was somebody from wrestling. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like a like visceral, like I, I you just know stuff like that. Yeah, he called him five times again, right on that stalker level. C- Connecticut State Police, believe me, I'm, I hope you never call me, contact <laughs> me, um, and he just never called me. Why would you not call me back? I mean, or his reception saying, you know, doctor is not interested but very word that He's still practicing medicine. Second doctor. Here we go. You want to go down the rabbit hole. Now remember, this is a 70. Now I know the chairman's age. This is a mid seventies man who got this list from the DIA, a prominent chairman of the board of an institution in a metropolitan city is not hoaxing a used car dealer, bust out pro wrestler in Chicago. I can, that much. I can make a declarative statement. I think you would agree. So this doctor has a nickname and it says it on the report. I Google him. He is a doctor. There is not one thing about him on the internet. How could you be a medical doctor, not have an award, not have your old office hours on the internet, still, still uh, uh, a, 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 a golf outing at a country club and he got a hole in one. nothing. Nothing. So when I hear, I'm not saying that they're true, but when I hear Bob Lazar, Dan Dan Burrish, and a lot of these S4 people or even other whistleblowers saying the government wiped this. That, I mean, I'm not saying that that's true, but that does like go ding, ding, you know, that does make me pause. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that those gentlemen are in fact the real deal. So I use my car dealership program and I get his widow, wife, his second wife. Very short name. I'll call her Kim, but it was a three letter name. Very nice lady. Called her up. Again, you're about to tell an 80 something year old woman that her husband worked with aliens. You know, you might as well tell him he's a cross dresser. And I'm not being glib. I mean, that, sure. this is how uncomfortable my life has been for five years talking to people about this. I said, you know, my name is John Stewart. I'm from Chicago. Oh, my daughter lives in the suburbs of Chicago. Mm, that's good. A little connection there. And um, I'm like, um, I got some information, Kim, nothing bad, please. But it is a little exotic and weird about your husband. I used his nickname that potentially he was involved with, and I, and I, I'm, I'm this is a verbatim conversation and I feel bizarrely weird talking about saying this, but that he was involved with extraterrestrials in a government program. Again, for the billionth time, no laugh. No hung nobody not hang no, didn't hang up on me, didn't call me crazy. Pause. I'm like, hello. She's like, no, I'm just the light bulb was going off in my head. You know, I do the what's the light bulb? She's like, okay. John, let me tell you a story. I'm like, oh my God. She's gonna tell me a story. I'm like, I'm gonna be the greatest journalist ever. I'm gonna get a peabody gonna tell me a story <laughs> tell me the story she goes there was something that always bothered myself and our friend group about used his nickname whenever we would go out everyone in my friend group was either in korea world war ii vietnam everyone's got a funny story about boot camp about a drill instructor um some non-combat related funny story or interesting story i remember when i was in okinawa and you know mm-hmm. um military people don't brag but they'll tell humorous stories and she said for 20 years every time we were together and our friend group blank would just stand sit there join in a little bit but he would never ever 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 she said that five times would talk about his time in the army medical corps and then i went i never said army medical corps But it said it on the DIA memo.
0: Wow. And I
1: I did not know what the Army Medical Corps is. I know now. It's the unit where doctors are trained for the Army. I didn't know what it meant on the DIA internal memo. And now this woman has just proven, this 84-year-old woman has just proven a line in a DIA memo. Yeah. And she goes, that always was strange to me and strange to my friends. And they would always ask me past 20 years why doesn't your husband ever talk about his time and she said i don't know i don't know what he saw hmm. or what he experienced that has got him clammed up verbatim verb she said john your phone call just has made sense and the light bulb is now turned on and i get it now i said um would you like me to send me the video and your husband's going to be on the right of the bean she's like yeah absolutely i uh, got her email aol Sent her the YouTube link, called her back six minutes later. She's like, it's it's shocking. She goes, It's him. Those are his eyes. Really? And I'm like, I'm, I'm talking about the doctor, the medic on the right of the bean, our left. Yes, that's my husband. Wow. Like, oh my god, my God. I'm like, okay. She's like, you know, here's my daughter's number in suburban Chicago. Um, you know, if you ever you know, need to follow up or get in contact and so on and so forth. And I'm like, uh, okay. And she's like, and I, uh, I don't know if you believe this or not, but I appreciate you calling me because it's something that always bothered me with my husband. And I never understood why I didn't know if he was, you know, if he had some, uh, uh, battlefield trauma or he saw something uh, medically, um, but I just never understood why and he wouldn't, and it caused problems with us sometimes because he refused to answer me why he never spoke, spoke about his time in the, in the United States army medical Corps and not a peep on him about it. The internet, I don't know how you can be a doctor into your eighties and not have one yeah. thing written about you in the internet. Yeah. I have got a program where it gives you, I've seen newspaper articles of, you know, Tony Merkel hit a hole in one at the <laughs> Knoxville golf course. in for 1961 and they'll find you. Yeah. Not one.
0: That's amazing. So what? this kind of goes back to the genesis of our conversation today, which is taking that step. You get to the edge, and you take that step of uncom- being uncomfortable. Imagine if you didn't do it. Because like you said, you're about to talk to a widow and talk to her about some very weird stuff. If you would have just been like, ah, maybe I'll just search online a little bit more and never called her. That's right. I mean, that's incredible. Tony, my fault in the car business
1: when I sold cars for my father, he's admitting it was a used car salesman. <laughs> Wait a minute—that we were going to bring that up in a podcast, t- talking about his legitimacy. When I my my fault in pro wrestling, I was not the follow-up guy. And when I was in pro wrestling, you had to make calls, you had to send tapes, and I was just don't call me. <laughs> I was on ESPN. <laughs> Vince McMahon said, "Give me your give Jay Strongbro your number. Don't call me." So huge getting out, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that to talk about me, huge getting out of my comfort zone, what I did. And again, like I told you in the, in the pre-interview, if I would have been like this with wrestling and politics, I would have been the governor of Illinois and Vince McMahon's right hand man. Yeah. Because I have been a tenacious bulldog that won't stop. Like I told you, I'm going to Tim Burchett's office after this is over to ask him what's going on. Um, so yeah, thank God I had this program. Thank God for the internet. Thank God for this woman not hanging up on me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think I did her a service too. Absolutely. Like
0: you, you provided this, like, like some closure for her.
1: Some closure for her. I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree. Um, so that, that, uh, that, uh, so those are the men. Um, I went over the doctors, um, and then it, then it said there was two telepaths. Now, let me, just give you a, you, let me just give you a me just give you a weird story about this, because Victor the whistleblower in '96 and '7 in the documentary, and um, and other people, uh, a couple of other people, and I'll get to them, have said the telepath program with the government was a joke. They, Victor said they were getting people that were one step below above one eight hundred psychics. Mm. And again, when I hear insiders tell me how late lax and in and, and lazy hazy the government was at times it does hearken back to letting a guy like bob lazar in the golden gate for a couple of months yep. despite his track record of owing people money and not having you know maybe substantiated degrees being divorced as one wife killed herself you know i i i there starts to 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 lead that there you could you could Pull that little hair of the of the sweater to say it is possible that because they were so desperate for answers that the government started to get sloppy mm-hmm. and getting people that were, I'm a psychic. Um,
0: and I'm the government, so it's going to work out just right.
1: fine. And someone else told me that there was also a point to that, that, you know, let me, <laughs> it's kind of circled back to me. Let's get a person who we can discredit. Who doesn't have, do you know how many genius people, level people I know that don't have a college degree? I know a lot of them. Geniuses can't stand in a classroom for four years. No. In uh, f- fact, yeah. I'm not, I'm not backing up Bob Lazar or Dan Burrish who also claimed to be at us for, I'm simply saying that genius level people sometimes don't get de- you know, Bill Gates doesn't have a degree. Mm-hmm. So, um is it possible that the government at times gets sloppy and gets people when they are desperate to, for a breakthrough like mm-hmm. Bob Lazar said on propulsion or interviewing with this extraterrestrial program that they hire people and they get people and inquire people that they, if they go public can discredit them. Mm-hmm. And what has happened? These people that have gone public, they're just, their backgrounds are shredded by the media and investigators. And yeah. I'm not, I'm just throwing that out there. Is is there a, you know, we have an insider, Victor, telling us that, that the government hired, you know, wackadoodles at some point. Um, and I'm going to get to h- another point of how I went deeper on the inter- interrogation program. So it said that there were two telepaths in the room. Then <sighs> it says that um, a Joseph Yeager, Now this I found out five days ago and it scares me a little bit because his family hasn't called me back yet that a Joseph Yeager, a DIA employee named Joseph Yeager helped facilitate the sale of the film to the third party. What would you say? It's Victor. Yeah. I got Victor. I told another researcher in Europe, I found him I found Victor. Nobody else could do it. I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. I researched the only. Now, Victor comes back in a 2008 documentary. I'm not getting out of myself. Comes back in a 2008 documentary, the whistleblower, and says, What is that? What are the UFO people doing? Nobody's researched this. Nobody's done FOIA requests. Nobody's proven who I am, Victor. Nobody's proven the provenance of the film. And the director says, "Well, a lot of people believe it's real." And Victor gets pissed that it's own. they're taking it as face value. I don't want people to take this film at face value. Who would say that if they hoax this? Mm. I want people to prove it on their own. And he just says, you know, UFO researchers, and he's just going on and on. And um, so. Uh, I'm thinking, oh my God, Joseph Yeager. And Victor says he's coughing that he doesn't have much time to live. And this second documentary was in 2008. And he's very philosophical and he's talking about the end of the world. You See that he's coughing. He's got gray hair sticking out of his Donald Rumsfeld mask. And um, so I'm looking for people, Joseph Yeagers that maybe have died. So I put in the search, 08 to 2017. I find a guy in Texas Died homeless, but buried by the United States Navy in 2010, Joseph Yeager. I find out, proud to say this as an investigator, even though this is not Victor, that he uh, sold his family house and he went on a Nicolas Cage leaving Las Vegas you know, alcoholic bender. I find out that he lived at a winery in San Antonio with a woman who lives in Kansas city right now. Hmm. Um, I find out that he lived at a winery that he became homeless, was buried by the homeless veterans association, a very sad ending, but buried with honors. I'm like, well, this is Victor found him. I found him about three months, four months later, after I got the, the, uh, again, thank God. I questioned myself. I don't know what made me do because I have an ego too. And thank God I went back and always looked at my research and I go back and I look at the DIA internal memo. And I say, we believe I say it brings up Joseph Yeager again. We believe Joseph Yeager of the DIA was Victor. Believe. I'm like, I don't know when, this memo was created. Cause it doesn't, the, the person that gave the chairman, it doesn't, give it a date like what do you mean believe is he a joseph yeager not i'm just telling people the truth here Mm -hmm. so i get the director jeff broadstreet of the two documentaries it's the guy the only guy that's seen victor face to face i said jeff i need your help and jeff's a little rigid you know he's not the easiest guy to but he's a straight shooter and i like that about him he's like if i give you any information okay if I give you any information, I could be violating my NDA and I could get sued for John for 25, 30, 40, 50 grand or future profits or anything. It's like, I, I'm like, can you, can you at least if, so I get the picture. of uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It was the picture. I get, give uh, Jeff Broadstreet three names to choose. I said, well, if I, if I give you a little stipend and I, we did a contract together, will you at least tell me the first name of Victor? And I give him three choices. He's like, There's, those aren't any of those names. I'm like, oh my Joseph Yeager is not Victor. I'm not saying that he's not part of this, but he's not Victor. At least the man that went to Rocket Pictures. And Jeff Broadstreet gave me the first name. And I'm like, oh, weird name, intellectual name, but it wasn't Joseph Yeager. Let me jump forward seven, eight days ago. I do another search of Joseph Yeager. I find that a man my age died in 2010 in his 20s and he was a Marine with the, with the United States Marines. And I'm like, holy shit, is this Joseph Yeager? Did they, you know, and, and, and your brain starts to, to, to think, why did he die when he was 20 something years old? Um, you know, did something nefarious happen to him? So I got his sister, and I just—my name is John Stewart. I'm a documentarian. I just have just a couple of quick quick questions about your your brother Joseph, and you know, Liz from Philadelphia. Believe it or not, Hmm. I know that you're. That's why
0: your eyes lit up when I told you about Philly, right?
1: So uh, she hasn't called me back. So that is still a deep dive, but him and the guy that drunk drunk himself are the only two Jaegers that fit with the DIA report, and I'm just wondering, I'm not even gonna say it because I'm not even gonna go there because the internet warriors will destroy me but <laughs> did something nefarious happen to this man when the second documentary came out and the government started to try to to, to find out you know who to blame or, or whatnot so that was just eight, so there's another rabbit's hole that I have I have to go down to so now um, I have all this information but I still don't know I I, I and, and and the The chairman, obviously, in my opinion, wasn't military. I need now somebody like a who's got a thesaurus or Wikipedia type mind with military. I need facility names and and Dr. Stephen Greer, who this investigation is with, in his in his in his disclosure project. um, He's busy. He doesn't have time to to, you know because he has facility names too, and but he doesn't know a lot about this film either. So I there's one person in the world. You see how I'm You're destroying things fine. already? There's one person in America with the DD-14. I think that's what it's called, your your, your military papers, who has been at Area 51, who's been at S2, S4, um, that is willing to talk to the public, who's got verified credentials. His name is Richard Doty. Mm-hmm. And yes, 30 years ago, he followed his orders as a counterintelligence agent mm-hmm. and told people it was a UFO when it wasn't that it was not a UFO when it was a UFO, so on and so forth. He's in his seventies and he just wants to come clean and straighten out the UFO community. And they're not letting him. And, um, so my wife contacts him on Facebook and, you know, my husband would like to speak with you, gave my wife his phone number and, and, and we talked, I did not tell Rick what I was going to ask him about. So I call him up and I said, uh, "I, I know you're, probably busy i don't want to take out a lot of your time um is the 90 are you familiar with the 1997 alien interview smuggled out by victor oh of course i said okay can you tell me anything about it he goes well i can tell you that it's real it's authentic that it was filmed by the government again cup on the phone i'm like oh. <laughs> you know but it's oh, rick Doty. rick Doty, what yeah if he was a counterintelligence guy he would have told me what Oh, yeah, they hoaxed that. Yeah. I know how
0: they hoaxed it. Yeah.
1: But he didn't. He said, I don't know much about the provenance of it, which I didn't really believe Rick at the time. Um, I think he, at the time, well, I know that he knew more than he was letting on to, but I understand who, who am I talking to. He said, um, I said, there's question whether it's a VHS, it was filmed on VHS or 16, or, or film, motion picture film or whatever he's like no 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 even though they were even though they were getting into vhs tapes this that was filmed on 16 millimeter film and um i'm like okay i said uh what uh is there anything else i said you know what about this telepath program and he kind of laughed he said it was a joke he said, but I, I just want to give you an anecdotal story. He goes, John, I was never down in S4. I, I was never face-to-face with an alien. I saw one being interviewed on close circuit, but I, you know, I just want to make sure I was never down in S4. Pretty, pretty remarkable for a counterintelligence, a guy to tell you, don't look at me for all your answers, pal, because yeah. I wasn't down there. Instead of saying, oh, yeah, I know everything, which I think most people would do. Sure," He said, I have an anecdotal story that i was told because i was the counterintelligence agent for papoose lake and he goes so i was briefed on everything Mm -hmm. and can anyone deny that if you're he richard Doty is a verified counterintelligence agent out at area 51 in kirkland he is briefed on everything more than the president at times if it when it's need to know Mm -hmm. said i have an anecdotal story about the telepath. he said um Victor was right they were they, they were a joke he said one time they they got a farmer from the east Coast and it was just it was a it was ridiculous um uh who the government was trying to bring in to crack the thought projection um of these beans I'm like well, what is what is thought projection he goes John they from what I was told, they, 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 they weren't telepaths. They would actually, you'd walk in the room, you, in your brain, you would hear, I know what your question is, it's about the Tony Merkel sign behind you, and here's what I can tell you about it. We had that built by, you know, ABC sign Cup, and he goes, so we, the government called it thought projection rather than telepathy. Mm. It knew what you we were thinking, and it already had, it knew your question and already had the answer projected into your head. He said, but there were, there were two telepaths that were from a vocation. I, I know what the vocation is. I'm not going to tell you because the internet will go freaking, let's leave it for another time. Okay. And I hope people respect my, um, my comportment, but he said there were two telepaths from a, and they, they had a vocation. When these two guys sat down in front of these beings, they would start relaying the information back to a military person almost immediately. Like they would sit down and be like, okay, you know, and I'd have to sit there for 20 minutes. And, and he goes, they were, you know, they were, they were amazing at the information that they could process from these beans. He goes, let me tell you another anecdotal story. This is really interesting. He goes, there was one time where there was a, there was a snag in the interview process and the bean was saying, you know, do you know where I come from? And the, te- the one telepath, not these two, these two good, uh, uh, telepaths that were excelled in it, but uh, just a regular telepath was looking at the, uh, the general behind him saying, you know, he's, he's getting cocky with me. He's like, do you know where I'm coming from? And the beans like, no, do you know where I come from? Meaning planet. So there was a language barrier, you know, of colloquialism and, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot, which I thought that was a really interesting um, anecdotal story, not proven, But I I I thought that was interesting and I could see that, you know, you're sitting down and you're a telepath who's lived from the, let's say the fifties to the nineties and you have all of this jargon and lingo and it it was really important to break, you know, to, to really kind of listen and digest, I guess what these beings were trying to say. But I thought that was a really interesting anecdotal story of he's, you know, he's asking me, you know where I'm coming from? And it was, do you know where I come from? You know? Wow. So that, that was, that's what interesting with Rick Doty. So about to hang up and he goes, there's also one other thing that everyone gets wrong. And he goes, even including Victor, I'm like, what's that? He goes, John, I'm going to tell you something that very few people know. And more importantly, hardly any ufologist has talked about this. I've mentioned it once or twice. It just goes over people's head. He goes, the facility where the alien beings were being interrogated was not S4. The overall facility was called S2 Alpha, the S2 complex. S2 was the overall site at Papoose Lake. Um, it, It was not in the side of the mountain where Bob Lazar said it was with hangers painted and 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 Rick Rick Doty said, I don't know if there's hangars painted with sand into a mountain, but they're not at Papoose Lake with that I've been told about or visually what I could have saw back in the '80s. And he said the 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 AC the AHC is under S two building. There's S two. It's like the administration for the entire area at Papoose Lake. Then there's S3 and S4. So when Victor and Bob Lazar say S4, yes, technically that was the the, the five-level underground facility. But bottom line, that was under the S2 annex. Hold on. I'm going to send you a satellite photo. (laughs) So (laughs) I I get my email. It's a satellite photo of this annex. He goes, now, I'm going to tell you where this is. This is... This is a uh, uh, Southwest of area 51. It's not, it's, it's kind of by Papoose Lake. He goes, there was an entrance to S4 hidden up by Papoose Lake. Very, very small building. I'm like, Rick, Rick, this is brown. This is groundbreaking. And, Rick, what is the AHC? Oh, that's the alien housing uh, center. The alien housing center. Okay. What's that? Well, it's pr- part of project Aquarius. The whole program underneath S2 Alpha, John, was called uh, informally the Alien Retention. Remember this, because this is the whole, the Alien Retention and Interrogation Program under Project Aquarius. The umbrella program was majestic. Fact. I'm going on record one time, fact, fact. Project Aquarius was all things, wow. all things alien, extraterrestrial, meaning Biological and the craft and the metallurgy, propulsion, the acquisition, the uh, life support of the craft, the 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 nav the navigation, the avionics, the beans themselves, their their entire biology was all called Project Aquarius. He said, "Um, um, he, he can I said, "We heard that this bean was brought to the facility in 1989. The only crash that we know about was from the Kalahari Desert. I don't know if that's true or not." And Rick said, well, I can tell you that the crash retrieval teams, one is called Pounce and the other one is called Star, S-T-A-A-R. They're a specialized Air Force um, recovery team. Um, and and, and they, they, these are the ones that would bring the beans and, and so on and so forth. And he told me the story about J-Rod that went to Los Alamos and died in 1952. He was the original survivor, the only survivor of the Roswell crash. And I just, this Rick Doty just... Kind of struck me with this matter-of-fact. He I've been around car dealers, pro wrestlers, and politicians for 50 years. You want to talk about the hyperbole and stories and bullshit and excuse me for that my language. You know, I I'm a, a lie detector, human lie detector, just because of my environment for 50 years. If you're a counterintelligence agent, you're not telling me stories that verify beans you if you're you're counterintelligent you're not telling me i don't know i wasn't there i don't know rick must have said i don't know five six times i you just don't do that when you're a liar i have a degree in counseling psychology i know the schematics and i know the physical and verbal makeup of a liar and, and, and rick was not even anywhere near that and and um I was just struck by his um, the, his casualness. Um, I was struck by his his ability to, to trust me and trust me with this information. Um, I was impressed by the fact that I can't tell you that. That's still classified. I was, another story, not many people, Rick Doty has had the, on his door, out of his house, twice by the government. I think one time they called him, one time they knocked. But hmm. Rick Doty, a counterintelligence agency, had the, uh, can you come here? You can't talk about that anymore. And he just said, you know, be careful what you say, what you say on podcasts, you know, make sure if anyone gives you information or passes you or emails you that you ask them, is this top secret? Is this stuff that's going to get me in trouble? Really like grooming me to, to you know, like to send me off to my first day of UFO researchers class. And I and I owe Rick a lot about uh, of that because i i didn't know that if somebody sent you top secret document and you accepted you technically could be a trouble and i couldn't wow. believe that the government actually admonished him on, on two occasions he said john i just want to come i just want to i just want to come straight with the with the ufo world but it's they they it's like they devour their young they eat themselves it's it's you know he goes they're they're telling and what regardless of what i did in my past that was my job i i'm In my 70s, I just want to set the record straight. And I can understand that if somebody telling me the events when I wrestle for the light heavyweight championship of the world and they're completely different than my whole day leading up to that match, I am going to get mad too and say, wow, "Wow, I was there. You weren't, you know, and that bothers him. And I could see psychologically the visceral reaction when somebody is telling him something that or telling him that he's a liar when he he knows the information. It was a very and, and Rick has been you know i Rick has been my go-to guy for vernacular and terminology and what what do I ask this person and what is a DD fourteen you know the, if I'm probably chopping that up um, he's been instrumental and the internet went crazy with John Stewart has got a new facility S two Alpha this oh he's, he's been Rick doted you know I'm like <laughs> wait. So uh, I'm like, geez, you know, uh, he showed me the satellite photo. Uh, then an uh, internet UFO UFO researcher emailed me, and then he goes, "Show me the painted gr- the, gr- the 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 hangers that are painted. Where's the cement s- spaces in between them? Where's this guardhouse? Where are the roads? Where is this facility? There was a hiker out there. There's nothing there on Papoose Lake like Bob Lazar described. I mean, I went over Google satellite image after some like." It's kind of true, and it, it, it's boating out with with Doty told me that there, you know, he doesn't know of this where the hangers are and painted um, you know, painted hangar doors and, and so on and so forth. And then the S2, I get started getting eviscerated. He's being manipulated by Doty. Doty told me two <laughs> bits of information of this whole investigation. And it was after I got the chairman's emails and, and, and whatnot because I, I needed somebody to go to. I get an email from Sar- Master Sergeant Munoz. Um, he's telling everybody on the, in a chat room on YouTube, uh, sorry, folks, S2 Alpha is real. Believe Jon Stewart. Believe Rick Doty because I was there and I worked there while I was a master sergeant. He starts to lay out ls2l alpha like Dodie said was the administrative center blah 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 he and 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 and, and we're s4 s3 people are going crazy on youtube like well he's like oh he talks about how to get security clearances what the names are for the security clearances how to get somebody onto the base off the base the the processes he gives me his email i google him i wikipedia he's all legit So here is a guy that just backed up the S2 Alpha story and the S2 Alpha is underneath is where this whole crazy, bizarre alien interrogation and interview program um, uh, uh, happened and and flourished. It is now what we've been told of this common knowledge that it's all, the entire program has been moved to Michael's Airfield in Utah and the Dugway Proving Grounds. And Sandia Labs has a huge, uh, building on that base too, and that's where this entire Papoose Lake program has moved to. Um, uh, some other things, Doty told me there the were six uh, dead beings and kept, uh, you know, in, in captivity. Um, he doesn't believe that we ha- we have any living aliens right now, um, so to speak. Um, and then he told me something that Linda Moulton House told me months later. He's like. You can believe this or not, but there are members of the intelligence community in the Pentagon that are trying to get this information out, that are trying to get a disclosure or something. And there is a little bit of a civil war. And I said, well, that's funny because Don Schmidt, when I talked to him, he has a colonel contact in the Pentagon, said the same thing. He's like, you tell that your friend, me, that, you know, we're all at the Pentagon. We can't cheer his, cheer his investigation, but what he's trying to do is being applauded by people because we want it to come out. Let me give you a little quick story. This is really interesting. Colonel at the Pentagon tells Don Schmidt, you tell him, me. He's like, we're at a retail store, the Pentagon, and we're selling our products and we've got shipments coming in and we're doing all our business up front. He goes, but down a long, long hallway is a door. Can't go by the door. You can't ask any questions about the door. This is a colonel at the Pentagon. Can't open the door and you can't ask anybody about the door. And in the way way back, we see trucks and activity going in and out of the fence, but we can't ask anything. What's going on back there? He goes, "You tell that guy in Chicago. That's what's going on with the Pentagon and the other portion of the government that is hiding this uh, this uh, alien program." And he goes, "And none of us know what to do about it because, we're, you know, we we don't want to risk pension. We don't want to risk career demotion." So on and so forth. I, I found that story to be very, very compelling.
0: Wow. You know, it, and on that note, it makes you, it makes you feel like there's, it's only a matter of time until somebody's like, I don't care about my pension. I yeah. don't care about anything. Right. I'm talking.
1: Well, that's funny you said that because there are stories in the underbelly of military intelligence and ufology that one day, this is an anecdotal story. I can't prove this, but. It sounds copacetic because of what we're seeing with the government and the leakage. That a uh, army general, I found out that when you have when you do something um, like a pathology exam, or you're extracting something, or you're doing a big experiment on a on an extraterrestrial craft or a biologic, that you actually have to get a written like legislative order from mm. who's ever running this program. And that means signatures. And the understory and the underbelly of ufology is that one day before Lou Elizondo came forward, a general went and pushed the the order back to the person. I'm not putting my name on something where they can hang me ten years from now. No. Wow. And that was the moment, the undercurrent of ufology, where some people in the Pentagon or in this program said, maybe some soft disclosure needs to start happening because people are not willing to sign their name. So what does the government do? It puts everything, um, a lot of material, a lot of technology, uh, t- biological material with corporations. And what can't you do to a corporation? You can't FOIA them. Now there's another story that's coming out last month that a CEO of one of these companies like a Lockheed or Boeing or Skunk Works, or I think Lockheed is Skunk Works. Um, uh, and, and there's a, the minutia of names that that uh, handle these programs that he is looking for a way of getting rid of the extraterrestrial material that they have in their, in their tech, their R and D program. So he is not complicit com- with this and he can get it out of his hands. So the, this, the, the eyes of the government or the media or investigators don't look of, at what this company is also doing other research and development. So it's the hot potato. And mm-hmm. this is the best thing for you. I think this is the best news anecdotally that we the ufologists have heard that finally people are saying, you sign your name. I'm not signing my name because when you think about the stories, anecdotal stories, of the researchers that have been murdered, the insiders that have been murdered to keep the secret. You have a, a David Grush with a Q clearance saying people have been murdered to keep this quiet. Um, at some point, uh, a level headed general or Colonel is going to say, I'm not going to jail. I'm not going to uh, uh, Leavenworth for the rest of my life. Cause I'm going to get blamed because my superior, you know, uh, whacked somebody in 1970s and, I was on around that boardroom and tacitly gave approval or whatever yeah. the scenario will be. There are human beings now, and i say human beings m- morally guided people in the Pentagon that are are finally saying no mas, no more. it will leak it out some way.
0: that's wild so uh with this, I don't think we ever got to the d n i twenty seven though
1: yeah i' I'm, I'm just. <laughs>
0: Okay.
1: Well, there's one more, one more, one more, one more very disturbing story that okay. happened to me. So Scott Walter, he's with American on Earth on yeah, History absolutely. Channel. One of the straightest shooters in the world. Why do I say he's a straight shooter and a good guy? He has turned down TV projects where evidence would be planted at times and they push the gray area and he turned down a lot of money to say, "I'm not going to be part of that." That to me is a straight shooter.
0: Yeah, I've heard We've, the same stories, by yeah, the way.
1: Oh, good. That's that's awesome. Um, so I contact him because he start, he wants to start doing interest in ufology. And we're going back and forth. I sent him the three minute film, and he said, "Hold on, I, I'm going you know, because it's the famous story that somebody in intelligence has befriended Scott Walter, and the guy's code name is called Holden, the literary person from Catch twenty Catcher in the Rye." Scott writes me back like five minutes. It's real. Like, how do you know it's real? Because I just sent it to Holden. Who's Holden? Says, well, That's the guy that blah, 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 blah. And um, that's all I can say. He just said it's real. Like, oh, whoa. So for nine, 10 months, I work on Scott Walter. You know, the stalker, Jon Stewart. <laughs> Please get me an interview with this guy. Get me an interview with this guy. He won't tell me where he is, what he does. He's, you know, Scott's like, he's a verified military person. He's been to Scott's house, shown him all of his forms, badges, whatever. Finally, get Scott to to uh, have this guy agree to call me, and his name's Holden. sounded like he was in his thirties, very intelligent, very mild mannered. Um, he works for the National Air and Space Intelligence Center (NAISC), National Air and National Air and Space Intelligence Center out of Wright Patterson in Ohio. I mean, Wright Patterson is you might as well be yeah. at. If the if ufology world is 9/11, Wright Patterson is the Twin Towers. Right. And he calls me. I'm up at our summer home, and he's very kind and very nice. And he's like, you know, this the video, you know, it it might have been done by the government as a training video. I'm like, nah. I'm like, if the bean didn't have, you know, respiratory issue, and it, it there was no like the doctor showing this is what you do with a cotton swab, you know,
0: special monitor. You know what I mean?
1: Right. I'm like, I'm like, and he's like, no, he goes, I'm just telling you that we do magic. Now, Greer used the same terminology, you know, that the government will do things just to de, de- decredit people, to, 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 um, he said that the government will do something. So 20 years they can say, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, there was a crash in Chicago um, we showed it to you on on the leaked film, but we 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 did, we made it up ourselves. But that's the only way we could show you what the what the crash was about. But a crash should happen, so it's kind of like a weird disclosure. Mm-hmm. So he goes, well, let me let me let me give this video. Ask some people in my in my unit. Um, let's plan on calling each other after Thanksgiving. Talk to each other after Thanksgiving. <laughs> He said, um, he contradicted himself. He said, um, uh, one guy thinks it's fake, but two guys told me uh, that it's blacklisted by the Pentagon. And I'm like, well, um, Holden, that doesn't make sense. Why is a hoaxed video blacklisted by the Pentagon? And you could see him like, oh, Mm. well, I'm just saying like, you know, one, just telling you what one guy said and I'm like, why would two people, uh, intelligence operatives tell him that that film is blacklisted? So he started telling me about the film, biological makeup of the coding of these, of the, of the light lenses that they put on their, their eyes and, and that they're sensitive to light and they have to use these lenses. But then he tells me the bombshell and you know, I, I can't believe that it has not circulated more in the UFO community. He goes, I'm going to tell you something I've never told anyone. And it is not out there anywhere on the internet the new designation of extraterrestrials by the government. Like, you kidding me? You're going to, you're going to tell me this. He's like, yeah. He goes, you know, uh, yes. I'm like, well, what is it? He goes, it's saber. I'm like, like a sword. He said, like a sword. S A B E R. Nowhere on the internet. This has never been talked about. I said, what does that stand for? He said, that is the new designation, synthetic, astrobiological, extraterrestrial races, saber. You know, I've told a couple of people this. I would think that this would have gone out like it's, uh, you know, like it's wildfire. It I, doesn't matter to me whether it does or it doesn't. I had an intelligence person tell me this. And um, I said, Holden, could I put you on camera in silhouette for a documentary and ask you questions? He's like, well, if my CO is willing to do it, I will do it. Voice altered in silhouette. You'd have to come to Wright-Patterson. And you have to send me the questionnaire. I said, well, how do I send it to your CO? He goes, just put my code name, put to the CO of, and and he told me the designation. And I said, you know, list of questionnaires for potential documentary. And these questions were explosive. Has the government had any interaction with extraterrestrial off planet beings since 1900? I mean, they were explosive. Has Wright Patterson ever helped? Biological extraterrestrial uh, material. uh a week goes he goes i'll call you this afternoon day two three one week two weeks three weeks i text scott i'm like why holden hasn't call me back he's like john this guy travels he's very busy just no problem boom 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 i think i wish him happy saint patrick's day or something because it was after thanksgiving you know i'm like hey oldest want to let you know hey happy saint patrick's day don't you know don't do anything i wouldn't do you know give me a call let me know if we're going to do this interview We're into like April, and I must have called Scott Walt, Texas Scott, three or four times. I finally said, "Scott, this is ridiculous. You know, I'm a I'm a grown man. He's a grown man. Is he in trouble? And most importantly, am I in trouble? This guy has ghosted me. We were going through a a, a, a documentary um, process of getting him on camera, and he ghosted me. Not an hour later, Holden texts me. Here is this nice, fun-loving guy." Fun loving, I mean, he was just a nice, nice man. Spoke gen, a uh, kind, used soft words. I get this terse text. I knew right away he didn't. He didn't. Um, he wasn't the progenitor of it. Somebody, right. you send this. Yeah, I've been ordered, and and, I, and I'm paraphrasing, folks. I have been ordered by uh, uh, people higher than my CO to cease and desist all contact with you. You are no longer allowed to text me. I am no longer to communicate with you. You are to destroy any notes you took of our conversations. Um you are to destroy the questionnaire that you sent me. I will not be doing a uh, appearing in your documentary and under DOD VV75219, you know, all this all this weird legal nomenclature. That's what I would describe it. You are hereby ordered to um, destroy this. Uh, destroy this uh, text. You are. This was on Signal app. Um, destroy this text. You are not to copy, paste, to transmit this to anyone under violation of Defense Department order. So and so 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 so. And we are never to have contact again. What's the wrap up? I just want to know something. Why is the Department of Defense and the Pentagon telling a guy from Wright Patterson to cease contact with a used car dealer? Bust out pro wrestler. Let me say it, you know, a politician that's got a a supposed hoaxed video. Why? I don't, you know, I I think I know, but I don't want to be have declarative statements. Let me just give one more quick thing. I've done about eight FOIAs. I will have presented these on YouTube at times. Most to the Defense Intelligence Agency. I make the DIA people laugh. There are two African American women. One is for the uh, Pennic DOD, and one is for DIA. That we we laugh. I'm like, that's it's me, the alien guy. Oh, hi, John. How are you? How are you? What well, can I help you with? I get a guy named Andrew. Hi, hey, Mr. Stewart. Blah blah blah. I'm like, uh, I submitted a, D- a, a, a a FOIA request about a document. He's like, hold on. Um. Wow. I have never seen this before. I mean, how many times has that been said to me? I've never seen this before. Andrew, what have you never seen? Your name's on our computer. There's no file attached, like your request. I'm like, so big deal. He goes, John, he's Mr. Stewart. Um, I've been here a while. I've never seen this before ever. I'm like, wait, what are you telling me? He's like, well, like somebody would have to have gone in and removed your request. You can't get on this system. He's telling me this at the DIA. The FOIA department can't get on my system unless you have a corresponding file and you don't have one. I'm like, oh, well, this is great. It's like, oh, don't worry. He goes, it's, it's got to be something. He goes, it's, it's bizarre, but it's, uh, you know, now my hands start shaking again. Yeah. I got the DOD. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Also in Holden from Wright Patterson, also in his text was, you are now, this made this made Rick Doty freaking... When I told him this, I had to peel him off the ceiling. You are now on a special watch list for your overseas emails, your frequent FOIA requests, and the nature of your FOIA requests. Rick Doty is like, they're, they're, you, you, this isn't Nazi Germany. You can't be on a special watch list. This, this. He goes, "I, Rick Doty flipped, this mild-mannered guy flipped his lid when I told him what I was told, that I'm on a Pentagon watch list, hmm. which I don't know if I believe or not, but that, who are you to... Uh, To to, to have him write that to me. An hour later after the FOIA, your file's missing, I get an email. Suddenly they found my request. We cannot administer your request uh, quickly. For the nature of your request requires us to speak with other agencies, cross department meetings, and I've got this on the internet. And it might take several months. So they're going to have meetings now about my, you know, the key card, the elevator going down, meetings about the used car dealer's FOIA request. Jeez. I call Andrew back at the DNI and he's this. Hello? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Andrew, this is John Stewart. I just spoke to you an hour ago. I know. I'm like, oh, well, they just emailed me. He's like, yeah, they they, they emailed you. I'm like, is there something wrong? That I, did I do? He's like, no. I'm like, um you know, this happy, nice guy. And, and, uh, he's like, now I'm like, okay, thanks for, you know, helping me out. Hung up the phone. I'm like, what the the is going on with my life? Why is this hoax video producing all of this reaction? Again, I'm not declaring any statement. Why is this? hoaxed video producing all of this reaction from senators to dia to to secret military people to army intelligence people what what is going on why would they have this reaction to the supposed fake video that is the question for the the, the world of ufology mm-hmm. to extrapolate
0: makes you wonder if it's not like let's just say the the video is hoaxed right what else is going on behind the scenes that you're touching at, you know? And I don't know, but it, it just makes you wonder like in a world of, you know, sifting through half truths all the time, you know, is it possible that, yeah, this is hoaxed, but what you're doing, if you keep going, you're going to uncover something that they wish that video was real. And that's all you stopped at.
1: Right. Dr. Greer, you know, uh, Tells everyone, including me, the truth of this phenomenon is more bizarre than aliens are coming to this planet.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) That scares me. Yeah. I'm I'm just being, you know, I'm just being real and and, and, and telling you my feelings, which a lot of UFO researchers don't do. (laughs) And and I'm attacked for it. You know, I don't care if John Stewart's happy or sensitive. Tell us the facts. (laughs) Well, that's who I am but, um yeah, so, so you know, so you're sitting back and going, well, you know, and everyone's telling me, uh, you know Don Schmidt, you know, hide in the open, hide this stuff in the open, well, before I started going on podcasts and, and having a couple of people pay attention to this, you know, of, of course, I was trying to make this into a documentary to tell the world what's going on mm-hmm. um you know, so you know that that process is is still on on ongoing, and it's like well. You know, it's that line from *Clear and Present Danger*. I, I'm afraid if I keep digging, you know, you know, I'm nobody's going to like what I find. But I, I don't know what else. You know that the government. You know, basically, my my thesis is the government of the United States in a facility uh, south of Area 51 One had uh, a retention and interrogation program of off planet beings and at times interdimensional beings. And I don't think you can, I don't think that you can brush off that 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 thesis anymore. There's just too many people coming forward. The and 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 again, um, my investigation. Forget the film. Forget uh, forget me. I just asked, and, and and I am not going to argue what my experiences were. I didn't I haven't made up anything. Yeah. <laughs> of my experiences. So we're, we don't. John Stewart doesn't argue that anymore. I'm telling the UFO world. Find out why these people are going bad, shit crazy. Mm-hmm. Why? And, and going to the point of threatening me. Why? Over a hoaxed video. Um, I, did, I, I ran for governor. I wasn't a governor. I'm not in Congress. You know I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little guy from Chicago. None of this is making sense. None of this is making sense. And all of a sudden, when I'm calling congressmen. And going to their offices about an alien retention program, all of a sudden David Grush shows up. I'm not just, I'm just saying, is that coincidence? Maybe, or was it uh, before this? You know, crazy guy from Chicago gets really attraction. Let's roll out this Grush guy. I believe
0: that. Let's give a controlled face to. The narrative. Well, of
1: course, because, you know, and again, I wasn't, I'm not saying that the government is on the internet following me, but I'm saying when I started going to congressmen's offices, handing the still photos and the investigation, that must've been the beep, beep, you know, like what, you know, cause those phones are monitored and those, that telecommunication is, has been monitored and, and whatnot. And, um, and I think that did um, somehow, uh, in my opinion, not fact, prompt, prompt You know the, the Grush coming forward. Who said the exact same thing that I told congressmen in the New York Times? The government has had an alien retention and interrogation program. And David Grush said that without naming the facility names and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I find that very suspect that when the six-month window, when I started going to congressmen's offices and emailing, um, that, that, that Grush comes forward call it what you want i don't know that's that's my opinion
0: that's wild that is wild yeah so in your gut it seems like you feel like your efforts spawned a lot of stuff here
1: i think in my opinion that the exactly what the, the pentagon told this guy to write me mm-hmm. the nature of my foia requests my overseas emails they went and Linda Mullen says that happened the same thing happened to her. They got her book and they, her book was sitting on the middle of a conference table of generals and colonels. And they're like, this is, this is not good. And somebody might have gotten a, 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 a notion, I think, with my seeing me on podcast that this guy's not going to stop. And, and, and what am I doing that's illegal? You let the film sneak out. Yeah. You, the one that didn't come forward and say it was a hoax in 97. I come along in 2020 or 2019 and just simply ask people about it and start to prove the provenance Mm -hmm. and get all these visceral reactions, I'm in trouble? You're going to threaten my life? Not that it was. My life has ever been threatened. It hasn't. And I've never felt that it's ever been threatened. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have done nothing wrong except, um, I've done nothing wrong. All I have done is ask people, um, uh, qualified, intelligent people about about the provenance of this film. And I want to get something on record here too. I've said this a couple of times. I am a proponent of the government. I believe in our military. I believe that 99% of the people in the military are honorable people that, that should be honored by us. And I am not uh, castigating the government for keeping this crazy, ultra-bizarre secret hidden from the public for all these years. Can you imagine mm-hmm thinking about telling the public about this, but now the cat is out of the bag. And all I am trying to do for my little part is to help the government come out of the closet. I coined that as far as the, the UFO phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Do I want, um, do I want to know every single secret that the government has? No, because I understand politically and geopolitically as a statesman that, that I don't want our enemies to have that. Yeah. I, we get that. I'm telling sure. you the government right now, we, we understand that, but to tell us that beings have traversed the galaxy or the dimensions, and they've been coming to this planet and, and possibly that the, that extraterrestrials coming to the planet have been the source code for all of our religions. And that, that, bears out religion. That doesn't destroy religion. I, I that's how, that's how I, that, that's my view on that. Hmm. And, um, Reverend Michael Carter, who's part of my team, um, he's been on, uh, 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 ancient aliens, uh, he's an experiencer. He said, made a great point. And I'm going to wrap this up. Is that, uh, I'm sure we have questions, but he said, we have to do something like happened in South Africa when Nelson Mandela took office, which was this exoneration of past misdeeds mm. the only way and i know this is uncomfortable for people out there the only way you are going to have generals and colonels and subcontractors and contractors and ceos come forward to talk about the the illegal money that was made and spent the possible murders and cover up um is to exonerate everybody as uncomfortable as that is that is the only way you're going to get you're going to have this path uh, to, to, to make a path in the field for these people to come forward and say, yes, I was part of this program. Yes, I covered it up. I'm sorry. And the American people will forgive them. And it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable for a single mother in Inglewood in the south side of Chicago to realize she's on food stamps. She doesn't have transportation for daycare or job. And we've spent $8 trillion in the past you know, 80 years studying tissue and making little spacecrafts that's going to be a hard pill to swallow to people where my daughter's education at in Indiana is $40,000 a year. Yeah. I mean, that. I mean, it's going to be a hard pill for me to swallow that we've spent all this money. You've kept it. And then you haven't to some degree used it for the betterment of society no. only in a military application.
0: I don't it, know. It, it, but I, I do feel like we've been conditioned to assume as much anyways, at least for me, like, I have a very cynical totally. view, you know, uh, but you know, like I look around and I I know what they're telling me they're spending money on and right. I hate it. Right. Do I think that they're t- they're spending money on things that they're not telling me about? Of course. 9/11 happened and before 9/11 was 9/10 what they admitted there with the trillions of dollars that went missing. Right. Did it really go missing? Like I mean we, that's that's for another show I'm sure but like there's a lot of times that we look at what they're doing and it's like uh yeah, I'm not buying it. So in reality, we're already conditioned to accept the fact just come clean and do it, and so we can move forward so true, you know what I'm saying like, so true I, I just I th- American people is the
1: American public is so forgiving, especially when you come clean with them, yeah, you know um, they will they'll be blowback um, There are going to be some hard hard feelings, but uh, uh I, I you know again, I've been attacked because this has not been a gloom and doom. I'm the happiest I've ever been, Tony. Mm. I'm looking at you as my friend. Yeah. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my, in 56 years for a guy that's done a lot. I've watched my children be born. I, I'm at the happiest level I've ever been. Uh, I, I can't really tell you the reason of that is, but this has not been, although it's been scary and bizarre at times, has mm. not been doom and gloom. And I, and I think possibly this is something like yeah. world war II that can bring the country together. Mm. You know, now we have a, a shared mission. We're we're on this small planet. We're going through the galaxy, you know, at a thousand miles an hour and and we're all in this together. Could that be the message and could that be something that we take? Because we're a society that bashes people over the head on Black Friday for a $10 toaster. (laughs) It's true. We have a long way to go. Maybe this is something that just clears the path for us to say there's something bigger out there. And we need to be part of this galactic community. Embrace these galactic brothers and sisters of ours. And I truly believe. I truly believe in, in the American people. And I'm not running for president. I truly believe in the American people that it's this will. This will. This will. This coming out properly might bring the country together.
0: Wow. Well, it's a very inspiring uh, um, statement that you have been sharing here. And you know, I, I think you're really on to some very interesting things. Uh, I think that what you're doing, you've made so much headway, and the process, what would you just shared is just I almost feel like you're mid journey. this is yeah. this this story is not done. No. It is not written. no. And uh, I'm excited to see where you go forward from here. Uh, do you have any sense of direction moving forward? I mean, I know you're going to the congressman's office today, right? Yes and so you're doing a lot of different things. You're, you're, it seems like you're still very much boots on the ground, leg work. Yeah. Uh, what, what is, uh, I guess maybe, do you have any plans moving forward as to, okay, uh, I'm, I'm in Knoxville now and uh, this is my plan, my next six month plan yeah. on how to, you know, yeah. advance.
1: Um, I told, I, I told people, they're like, well, write a book. I'm like, it's, the story's not done yet. Yeah. So I, I I'm impressed that you actually said that, that verbiage, um, you know, Getting this on the record for Congress, John Stewart of Chicago, Deerfield, Illinois, has presented the, you know, his investigation in a project where it's, and letting that start with, with the, you know, Tim shuts like, we're going to have to overturn tables in the Pentagon because they're not, they're, well, Tim, Congressman, i i here's the program.
0: Here's, I told you it's fine don't worry about here's it here's the project
1: here's the project name here's the program name here's the facility names here's where this program is 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 being conducted out you don't have to turn over tables i'm giving you this information yeah um so that so to to get this on record and to get it firm, firmly established um of what has been, taken place in the past um to, with government to to also try and um with some politicians to be on a uh, on a on a Bipartisan committee mm. of citizen, politician, military, um, of 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 again doing what they did in South Africa of you know this exonerating people and going through the process of of coming clean with the American people and the world and exonerating mm. and actually find out what took place, how much money was spent, and and just wiping the books clean. Um, I, I would I would I see myself as as part of that. I think my political background has prepped me for that, mm. um, to, to be part of that. And, and lastly, um, there are so many still witnesses that I, I still are on my list that I still haven't, you know, talked to a couple of more people that claimed to have been an S four um, a security guard who I'm starting to get weird information about and where people say he was a hoaxer and I'm getting a little bit of a different vibe from my information. And, and, um, some of the other relatives of some of these people, um, that I still have that I still have to interview. And and of course, once we get money, um y- you know, funding, uh, you know, re trying to recreate that being to see if it could have been done in nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Um on top of that, uh uh you know g- mapping out the entire story for the world you know on a documentary and a, in a book or mm-hmm. you know um i am not and i never will you can take this to the bank one of those ufo guys that's going to keep the bombshells which we still have to get to before i leave it within me this is going to be released i'm not going to i hated that when i was a ufo when i was in the ufo world mm-hmm. or or a cat or observer and people you wouldn't ever get the answer and they would hold on to it it's coming it's coming no it's coming it, it, if I have to go on a show and and just and just spell it all out, give all the names, it's coming. The only thing I'm I'm worried about is CNN trucks showing these these doctors and these people in military that are still alive. And I think I, I'm not uh, remiss in that. And I, I think that's not. I think that's a, a, um, a plausible thing that I have to think about. I'm still going to release the names, but you know, do, should do we go to them to with lawyers and say we're releasing your name, you know?
0: What's the respectable, professional way to go about it? That's
1: it. Because yeah. I don't. Because I'm. You know, I'm an You're, investigative reporter, but I'm not yeah. a journalist. I'm not a TV guy or a, or a, or a, a. You know, a, a person that. Um, uh, that's a professional investigator.
0: You're not trying to build a name for yourself as a journalist for your boss for the next promotion. No, i not independent. And so you're not trying to harm people to get your next position in life.
1: And people it's, roll their eyes when I say that. I'm like, I'm serious. If that camera crew showed up to that doctor's office, awful. I would I would feel like
0: shit. I would feel awful. It I would mean, feel awful. I'm a very similar situation. Okay, with some good. I'm you know, on.
1: so I'm I'm speaking with uh kindred spirits. So mm. let me give the last bombshell just in case we're running, you want to ask questions, whatever. Sure. So Linda Moldenhouse has been like a muse to me, <laughs> meaning like she has said and done things on her documentary or sent me things that, oh my God, wait a minute. So I never could figure out what 27 is. Now remember, the rear admiral that I named was Colin Powell's chief liaison for intelligence, was in the Oval Office. My wife and I are, my wife's sleeping, I'm in bed watching my 600th documentary, this poor woman, three in the morning. I just watch documentaries about ufology just to find out It's a Lyndon Moulton Hall documentary about Ronald Reagan being briefed in 1980 about the extraterrestrial phenomenon. above each page of the brief briefing. Tony is the number 27. And I kind of sit up in bed. I'm like, I wake up my wife. I said, Joanne, look, 27 is on the top of those Ronald Reagan briefings. She's like, yeah, I'm like, 27 is the thing on the bottom of the film. The Victor film. I could never, I don't know what it is. And, uh, She's like, well, who's that guy? I'm like Rick. Doe. She's like, ask Rick tomorrow. I'm like, okay, right? Why? I never even thought. Because Victor said it's it's a catalog logging number. Don't worry about it. Yeah, right. So I call up Doty. This was out of a movie. I'm like Rick, uh, what's 27? Oh, you mean like in the military? Yeah, in the military. You know, I'm almost like pissed that he hasn't. Like, I'm. Like, he's like, well, that that's Yankee White. I'm like, what? He goes, it's the security designation Yankee White. What's Yankee White? I'm being a little like snarky with him. He's like, well, Yankee White is the security umbrella designation for anyone that deals with the president and briefs the president. I'm like, unpack that for me. He's like, John, if I was going to hand you documents, and on the document it said 27 or Yankee white, but it would say 27. And if you didn't have that clearance of Yankee white, you'd have fold that packet, pass it back. You could not access it. Same with film, same with anything. I said, do you, and Dodie is charming because he doesn't really know that much about the victory. You think Doty would know every new one? He doesn't. You know, it's just, it just, it's like me trying to, it's like me, why doesn't John Stewart remember a match from nineteen nine? It's not important to me. It's, it's rote. I said, uh, it's on the bottom of the Victor film. He's like, it is. I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, that means that somebody in that room, this is Rick Doty. Doesn't know anything about that. It was on there. He's like, I would extrapolate that that meant that somebody in that room or that that portion of that film was being shown to somebody who was then going to brief the president of the United States. I said, have you ever heard of a Admiral Schaefer? He said, no. I said, he's Navy. He's like, well, no, I've, ne- I've never, I don't, I don't think I've ever remember hearing about him. I said, the, this DIA report that I got from the chairman, of course I told Rick about the report. I said, he was the Joint Chiefs liaison for intelligence for Colin Powell? He would have. I know he was in the Oval Office. He's like, well, that's why you're seeing 27 on that film. I, I'm like, is a screenwriter in 1996 in a strip mall video production company going gonna to know nope. what 27 Yankee White Security is? No. And then put on the liaison for the Joint Chiefs. Come, folks. I mean, come on. Yeah. So I mean, that that, that was to me that was just that was it i mean that was you know i mean um i i i'm like this is i can't go on declaratively and say this is all real I'm, but boy oh boy if it isn't this is the most convoluted 30 year hoax involving uh, f- 30 people, you know, a, a senator is communicating with a screenwriter, is communicating with an admiral and a vice admiral that knows th- that this was a hoax and to ghost me and an 85-year-old widow woman. Well, come on. Yeah. What's Occam's razor? I, that It was a real v- video yeah. of an inter- 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 interrogation. I, I, I like to call it QA and a because interrogation is so negative. A QA and a of an off-planet beating. I mean, come on. Come on. And the 27 was just the... The icing on the cake. That's on un- Can I say one more thing? Yeah. So I find an email from the project director of Aquarius. His name is Thomas Mack. In this email to another person from 99, he writes, find Rick Doty. He was our intelligence agent for Project Aquarius. He's an Albuquerque state trooper. Dan Bursch was part of our project too. The guy that everybody says is crazy. Um... And I, I could have a lot of information that could embarrass the government. Um, and in 2000, he's dead of a brain hemorrhage. Not drawing any conclusion. Supposedly, his family said that there's hemorrhagic stroke hereditary in their family. So about three months ago, Lyndon Bolton Howe gives me part of a manual that is given, this is on the internet, given to people who retrieve craft. And also in part of this manual or this, this one document, it gives the classifications of ETs, where they might come from, this and that. This is, this is w- weird stuff. Good investigative, uh, interesting stuff. So I see, um, as far as the gray aliens, I see a designation, NAPC, something, uh, na I can't, but it was um, BBS. And it triggered me. I said, where have I seen BBS before? This is an alien document. Linda Howell got this from a military person. Where have I seen BBS? I know this is, I know there was BBS rims in the eighties. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. The personal email of Tom Mack, the project manager of Aquarius who wrote a Rick, uh, I forget his name, a personal, you know, uh, an investigator the project Aquarius's personal email has BBS Snowman at AOL or so old, Expedia, or whatever, which, uh, on his email. So here is somebody probably subconsciously using coding mm-hmm. from his military background in his own personal email. Is that a? Is that a? Have I did, did the case cracker? No, case cracker. No, but it's just another bizarre you know, a linkage that, yeah. that something is going on here. Yeah. That, that, and that, that every, all the, all the, all the buttons are being plugged into other buttons and there's no red lights going on. It's all green light on the board. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, this, this is all, 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 just all jiving. It just, um, it's, it's bizarre. And for me, it's, makes me feel like I'm like in a like in a, a, a Tom Clancy novel when I'm discovering and I'm going back and I'm going through documents and with my ADD and you know yeah it's exciting and, but it, but it's it's it, it when I think about the larger implications of you know the, this great lie and the greatest cover up in human history as I call it mm. um it does it it does make me pause but um I said I think we're going to come through this I just don't think that this is something that um uh, that we should, we need, to, we need to draw attention to this, the American people in the world, and, and we can do it.
0: No, I absolutely agree. Uh, and as we wrap up here, I would highly encourage anybody listening to this that might have stumbled across this YouTube video or this podcast feed that might have information, <sighs> they should reach out to you. You know, they, they should be brave right. and take the step that so many others haven't. Right. And uh, inform and give the information that you have because the information's coming. I mean, just read the room. I mean, the last five years, you know, it ha- it's just exploded. The information's out there and it is coming. And if you uh, don't get ahead of it, you might, at the end of the day, wish you would have. Yeah. And so I would just highly encourage people that are listening, if you have that information, please go ahead and contact John. Ah uh, shoot, you can come in studio too. I'll bring John back in. We'll have a three, there we, go. we have a round table discussion and stuff.
1: Yeah, let me give you my email. It's a, it's a J-O-N my, without the H, Alan A-L-A-N, S-T-E-W-A-R-T at AOL.com. Um, folks, I have done this on purpose. Not that there's anything wrong with it. And I'm not saying that this might not be my future, mm. but just so I could escape the criticism of some people. I have not monetized my investigation. As, as, at this point, I don't. I I, I don't have a, a a channel that's monetized. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, so people can't come to me and say, "Oh, this is it's another fast buck horror of the UFO yeah. world." No, that is not it at all. So when people laugh at me, like it, I've got a crappy website that's under construction, a YouTube channel called Hunting Victor Documentary that's got a couple of you know of, of videos on it, but uh, I I you know I want to to, to have the, the the monetary issue of this off the table, you know, until we proceed to a documentary, but for five years, I've not put a dime in my pocket. And this has probably cost me up to $20,000 so far as far as travel and getting a a, a special effects person, analyze the film. And, and, uh, I'm, way past probably $20,000. So I'm, I'm very proud that I haven't put anything in my pocket as of right now, five years. And this has been a pure investigative journalistic approach. And I'm your, proud of that.
0: Your wife's like, man, my husband fell into a oh. very expensive hobby. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, you know,
1: when guys are 50 and they have a midlife crisis, they go get a Corvette. My husband goes and searches for
0: aliens. Yeah. And it turns out he's finding them. <laughs> you know? Well, John, listen, I appreciate you coming in and sharing your story from beginning to end. Uh, I hope that this was uh, good for you because I feel like it was, it was a great. fantastic yeah. way to present this story. Yeah. And like I said to you when we first connected, uh, <clears throat> I, felt, I feel like my audience is tailored for this. We have a, a lot of people who listen to the show to hear people's life stories with this kind of stuff. And you fit the bill and it just, it's very timely. This is something that we're not looking back on and saying, oh, this is John's story that happened 20 years ago. We're in the middle of it right now. And so the listening audience understand that this is a story that is not finished being written. And you can be part of the story as well by sharing this information worldwide, get it out to everybody because the more you share the links to this stuff, the more opportunity it has to get in front of the right eyes, the right ears that have the information that John needs to crack the the, the case. So uh, please, if you found this information very informative, which I already know you have, if you're here this long, I think Jack probably, how long have we been recording? Like three hours? So oh my God. three hours. If you're still here, it's because you want to be here. So right. Right. Uh, please, at this point, share the link, share it with people and let them know the truth of the matter of this investigation. And uh, John, I appreciate you being here, man. Thank you, pal.
1: Appreciate it very Absolutely. much. Really, I really do. Thank you. Yeah. Been a pleasure.